0: buddy nick was in his barn (laughs) this is a step up we're at a table now i feel very professional so jake Bodie, welcome to the walk wednesday podcast thanks for having me uh thank you for agreeing to be uh uh here and tell us everything so do you want to start mild medium spicy or australian I know, I threw you off of that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to spicy. I figure it'll kind of have a nice flow. It will. <laughs> but if, you know, you,
0: you break it in early and you, you can just do it often. It's just the same theory as uh, being in the military.
1: Yeah, that's where all the spicy stuff comes from anyways. Yeah, pretty much. Life after has been boring. <laughs> so.
0: It's had its moments, but it, it's not the same frequency. It's what it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a thing with just time in service where everything gets just, I don't know the word for it, but it seems like everything happens so much faster and frequently. Yep. So, I don't know, it's all compressed into four years. You feel like you had a whole life or however long you're in. I mean, I can't imagine some of the guys I know who are just now getting their retirement papers, and I'm like, Oh, holy fuck, yeah, I saw that. Well, I know a few guys who are, too. Dude, I got a a
0: kid who came in after me by probably a year, got it at Ninja Punch, NJP. He's just now, well, he picked up E8 a little bit ago, but I'm like, holy fuck, because E8 in the Marine Corps is hard to get.
1: I think E8 anywhere is pretty hard to get. I mean, Army-wise, you get to your 6, and then... If you're lucky or you really want to pursue it, you can get seven, become a platoon sergeant, and that's usually where you're going to stop. Unless you work, like, in shops. So shops have more master sergeants, but, like, first sergeant is rare. I mean, one per company, which is another E8 just with an extra symbol in it. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's a diamond. Yeah, E8 for us splits off, too. There's...
0: Master Sergeant and First Sergeant, I believe. He, or is it Master Guns? Fuck. I don't know. Shit gets what, weird.
1: What I cleared in 08, so it's been fi- just over 15 years. So, Well, 08 from active, and then I did a little bit of reserve time, which was more of a, hey, uh, what do I got to do to not get sent back to a sandbox anytime soon so I can just stay in school?
0: Yeah, that's probably a legitimate answer. Wasn't that down in Horseheads? Exactly
1: where it was. Oh, God, that sounds horrible. It was. Uh. <laughs> but I did nothing. It was one weekend a month of, hey, you're here. Watch this PowerPoint today. Okay, what are we doing with the rest of our day? Nothing. We were a small arms training group that didn't have an arms room. Yeah. Um...
0: I, what?
1: Yeah. I got to do that job one time. They sent us to Puerto Rico in like 09. The Puerto Rican National Guard was getting ready to go somewhere, do something. So as part of their readiness, they had to go through firearms training. So we flew to Puerto Rico. I spent 11 days on the island. Okay. I worked for seven hours total of those 11 days like three hours of doing dime drills where they literally sit with a box with a dime on the front sight post to work on proper trigger squeeze. Jesus Christ. And then one range day where I did get to yell at an E8 who pointed a loaded AR. You flagged the line? Oh, no, in my face, going to clear the line. Oh, fuck. Yeah, she, she... Took the rifle, put it barrel in my face, finger on trigger while magazine was still in and on fire and said, all clear. And I grabbed that thing so fast. And how did you not punch her in the fucking face? It took everything I had not to. And I went off and then she's just like, somebody better come control this soldier. And my first sergeant came over and he goes, what's going on? I was like, she came down the line, mag in, on fire, still had rounds finger on the trigger with a barrel in my face. And he looked at her and he goes, it's his range. You listen, you fucked up. Oh my God. So yeah, that was my one fun experience while in the reserves.
0: I have so many questions that don't involve that. Like what the fuck does Puerto Rico do with the national guard?
1: Like who do they report to? They have their whole, like their own unit down there. It's on, like, the south. does that
0: fall under U.S. Army? Because I know they're a territory.
1: Yeah. No, it's a full U.S. Army. There's a whole, like, base embassy thing. So it's actual U.S. Army National Guard located in Puerto Rico. But
0: are they Puerto Rican
1: citizens? Yeah. Okay. For the most part. I don't think there was any people who were, like, stationed there. There might have been higher up, but nobody that I met. Okay. It was it was a fun time though. I mean, I mean we were it in sounds it. Yeah, we were in Ponte, which is like the I think it's in like the southwest side. It's it's like as far away from San Juan as you can get, which was good because okay. we did like one day trip to San Juan and the touristy trap crap. And I was like, I'm good. Let's go back. The food was better over here. I believe it. Small towns are great for that.
0: So, um, where do we want to start? I
1: mean, we can start from
0: start with uh, when you were uh, put into existence in this world in the uh, Western New York, and go work from our there. way into
1: <laughs> why the hell did you join the army? Well, I guess it kind of all led to it, but like originally, so I was born in the Buff in like Buffalo, but grew up in Dunkirk. You know, just. What, about 40 minutes, hour south of Buffalo? This is Dunkirk, New York, not the one in France, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go there nowadays, it looks about what Dunkirk, France did. We got some amazing cliffs there. Yeah, and yeah, I'm surprised more people don't jump off of them.
0: Well, they put a but, fence on to stop you. Oh, yeah, this is true. It doesn't stop anyone. You can hop the fence. It's three and a half foot. Yeah. I did that a lot. They're beautiful cliffs. And I just sit there and I'd watch the sunset as a hooligan teenager. Carry on, sorry. Yeah,
1: no, I I mean, I went to the same spot. I just never went up to the cliffs. So I always just hid in one of the uh, is, um, pavilion things they had over there. Or, like in one of, the, I'm, I'm talking about the point.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about too.
1: So in like one of their pavilions, I'd like find a corner and just sit there and like smoke shitty weed out of a pop can and, you know, holes punched in it.
0: Yeah, that's what I'd be doing too. Except yeah. I was over that shitty little fence, walk down the little goat path, like sit on top of the shale rocks which probably would felt like they were going to collapse at any second and just be like this is so cool
1: <laughs> that's all there was to do in that town <laughs> <laughs> We grew up in a place where it's like what are you going to do uh, i'm going to smoke weed and maybe go to the bowling alley and get ripped off by buying a big ass bag of rubber bands
0: uh yeah that's a different story so now when uh i was in boot camp one of our drill instructors like there's three things you can find in the marine corps you can find the bottle you can find the gym you can find god and i'm just like that sounds like my town fuck this isn't an improvement (laughs) except there was also a fourth in town too you could do fucking hard drugs
1: yeah yeah so
0: you could graduate from shitty weed and go directly to uh I don't know what they would have been at that point. I guess it was.
1: Coke was huge in the 82nd. I'm not surprised by that. No. It helped me at one point that it was such a big deal. And I'll get to that in a bit. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do it, but I benefited because of the people who did. But yeah, so grew up there. Eventually. By the way, we got to cheers this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fucking old-fashioned. Good one. Yeah, it's kind of been my go to drink of choice lately. It's nice. Simple. Yeah. uh, Been school in Dunkirk till like my junior year after spending my freshman and sophomore more suspended than in school. Uh Uh, Then transferred a little bit north to Silver Creek, a whole like, you know, eight miles away. And there I went from like this grungy outcast punk kid to like, oh, hey. You're new. Let's hang out. And I'm like, what the fuck is this like? I have people. I have like weekend plans and this shit. It was weird. So it was <laughs> more weed, more football, drinking. You uh, played football for Dunkirk, yeah, and when I, did that. when I transferred to Silver Creek, I played soccer. Okay, and graduated, and then took right off to the army. And it was uh, I grew up in a small town. And I watched what happened to the people who stuck around. Either you worked at the steel mill or the dog food plant or the ice cream plant, one of the three places. And if you're in the next town over in Fredonia, you worked at the
0: condiment factory. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there was one of four factories that you were going to work in Mm -hmm. or go to college, which I knew at that point. I'm like, I'm done with school right now. Did
0: we say the juice plant too?
1: Oh, I forgot about Cliffstar I should, I don't know how I forgot about that. I forgot about it all the fucking time. Yeah, not Cliffstar anymore, but it was back then. So I'll always whatever. remember it exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so I looked at my options and I said, I don't want to become a townie working at a factory. I'm smart enough to know that if I go to school now, I'm going to spend a lot of time and money just to drop out or flunk out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to join the service. So I contacted the Air Force. That's originally where I was going to go. Okay. Yeah. My uncle was Air Force. My grandfather was Air Force. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to follow the trend and I'm, I'm just going to go Air Force. So I called the recruiter, scheduled an appointment, and he, was, he rescheduled. And then rescheduled again and rescheduled again. And at and one point, I was dating this girl in Mayville. And I was friends with her sister who had signed up for the Army, and I called her a fucking idiot. <laughs> I was like, you're so fucking dumb. You could you could do anything you want. Why the fuck would you join the Army? She's like, well, you know, this, I want to go serve my country and blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but you could have gone Navy or Air Force or something, you know, used your damn brain. So I'm giving her shit about it, and I happen to be there because I'm dating her sister, and Army recruiter comes in. They're going over paperwork or whatever, and this is so terribly like cliche cliche. We're watching black Hawk down. Yes. I approve of this so far. And the recruiter's walking out and he stops. He's like right in the middle of the TV stops. He looks at me. He goes, what are you like 17? I go, yeah. He goes, you got any plans? What are your plans for your future? I go, Hey man, I've already been trying to deal this with this shit. If you're serious, here's my number. I wrote my phone number down on a little piece of paper. I handed it to him. I'm like, I'm busy right now. If you really want me, fucking call me. Now go. (laughs) The guy was like, all right, cool. I'll call you. And he left. Was it Sartan Ski out of Dunkirk? Yeah. So, funny story about the guy I know who's got, wait, no. Both my brothers, Bobby. Fourth guy I know who had him. Yeah. So, um, he calls. And I'm like, all right, I'll meet up with you. Now, Silver Creek had made everybody take the ASVAB. I didn't look at what my numbers really? were. Yeah, In Silver Creek, in your junior year, all kids have, like, all they make it so everybody in their junior year takes the ASVAB.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. So, I didn't intentionally take it. I just was there one day, and they're like, hey, we have this standard test that you have to take. It's in case you want to join the service. Everybody's taking it. Whoa. So... I didn't look at my numbers or know what any of this shit meant when I got it in the mail. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Well, you know, a okay. year later, the guy's like, all right, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. What can I do? He's like, well, you took the ASVAB. Let's look at your numbers. What do you want to do? And I'm like.
0: So you had a good score. Yeah.
1: So it was like overall in the 95th percentile with, I think it was like a 122 GT which is high hard. Yeah. But it's like
0: the ASVAB was not,
1: hard. no, not at all. So the way I like to
0: explain the GT, which is general technical, which is how well you can work on mechanics is, um, there's questions on pulleys on there, which is literally how a bicycle chain works. And I'm just, they're just like, really? I'm like, yeah, there's literally it's bicycle chains. Exactly. And then it's just like, you ace that. It's like, great. You can go work on aircraft now.
1: You can do anything in the army because that's the only thing they look at is your GT score mm-hmm. at MOSs. They look at
0: the overall number and then the GT oh. for Navy Marine Corps. So like yeah. you have to have like the minimum passing ASVAB grade, which I think is like thirty three or thirty five.
1: Yeah, something low,
0: something like stupid. Where it's just like, all right, you can shoot and salute. Got it.
1: Yep. So uh, he looks at me. He goes, what do you want to do? And remember, I had been watching Black Hawk Down. Yes. So verbatim. I, I
0: approve of this so far. When huh? the
1: recruiter asked me what I want to do in the Army, I said, I want to jump out of planes and blow shit up. Perfect. He goes, so airborne infantry? I go, perfect. Sign me up. Yeah. He goes, all right. This goes one to two ways. You can, he's like, do you want to go to ranger school? And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. It's like, okay, so you can either sign up and get guaranteed that you go to Ranger Indoctrination Program or RIP, Mm -hmm. or you can sign up and get guaranteed airborne school. And I tell you right now, in the last week of airborne school, they're going to ask, who wants to go to RIP? I believed them. I was like, all right, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: give me airborne. So August of 03, and yeah, that's Mr. Frosty, our ice cream man, driving by. Fuck yeah. (laughs) So yeah, August of 03. Right after graduating, I took off, went to Fort Benning for infantry. So it's OSUT, one-station unit training.
0: Yeah, so you do basic and infantry school. Yeah. Like, you graduate basic, and you stay in your same squad bay, and you just keep your drilling. and Yeah. And you,
1: so with Army Infantry, infantry there's no, like, separation. It's all just together. So there's you don't graduate, so you finish everything. Oh, okay. So it's just one straight shot. I think it was, like, 14 weeks or something like that. Nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Finished that, and it was December at that point, and it was two weeks before Fort Benning, Georgia, shut down all training for Christmas Exodus. Airborne school is three weeks. So, for those two weeks, uh, they hand-jammed a secret clearance for those of us going to airborne school, and we got trained in the javelin system. So, my MOS got an extra number. So. Officially, when I cleared, I was an 11 Bravo, 1 Papa, 2 Charlie.
0: All right, so Bravo is basic infantryman, right? So you're rifleman? Yeah. And then you also got an assaultman's?
1: So it's... Like, how does that work? So the 2 Charlie part was an anti-tank designation. Right. For being specially trained for the javelin system. Because, like, an AT-4 is a point-and-click weapon. Right. You don't need anything for that or... We didn't use them, but like Maws or Laws or any of that type of mm-hmm. anti tank shit. But the Javelin, you have to go through special training because like the launch unit is like $250,000 just for that thing. Right. So, so I
0: know for the Marine Corps, the way the infantry breaks down is there's 0311s, which would be your Bravos, Th- machine gunners are 0321s, and then 0331s is mortarmen. You guys also have a separate thing from Mortarman's, I know. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's 51, which is no longer an MOS, is Assaultman. so that would be Javelins. Um, fuck, there's a few other things that they used. No Javelins. But yeah, like that was basically their specialty. Javelins. Maybe it was the fucking 40 mic mic chain belt fed thing
1: oh the mark 19 mark 19 oh i love that thing so yeah a couple other things yeah
0: saltman so that was like their mos was taking care of that shit
1: yeah we didn't have separate mos's per weapon system it's just you're a grunt that's it or you're 11 charlie which means you're a mortarman yeah and and that's it separated out yeah and that's it High angle hill. Yeah, well oh, there's yeah, and then there's like the 13 series which is artillery and But that's not they, infantry. No, but they get fisters or forward observers mm-hmm. that get attached to infantry Wait, units. Do you call them fisters? Yeah, that's what we referred to them as as fisters. You shove your
0: hand up their ass and you work, work them like a puppet. Like why do you call them fisters? I need to know this.
1: Honestly, I don't know where it came from. That's just what they were called when I got there, so we just stuck with like, oh, hey, we got a new fister. Okay, okay, cool. Hey, what Perfect. How's it going? Welcome.
0: And that's I mean, I like was. my explanation.
1: Oh, well, I got that nickname for a different reason, and we'll get to <laughs> that later.
0: <laughs> All right. So you get through uh, Oset one-station unit training.
1: Finished did, javelin. Did
0: javelin school.
1: Come home for Christmas break, and then right back to Fort Benning, Georgia, for uh, three weeks airborne school. And in basic, they give you your first duty assignment. Like you get an envelope, and it says, hey – here's where you're going when you're done with all your training. Okay. Uh, and mine was, I was actually going to go to Korea. Um. So I notified my family, made all the plans like, Hey, when I'm done with airborne school, I'm going to Korea. So go through airborne school, which if you can run, you can pass airborne school. Yes. I, I heard earlier, we were talking with somebody about like what it all entails. And there's Marines and air force and Navy and everybody there. It's, can you hang? For one minute from a pull up bar. You don't have to pull up. You just have to hang. Like, with yep. your arms straight. Yep. Cool. You have to hang, and then you have to pass the army physical. Yeah. So it's 42 push ups. So this, this is like everybody 18 to 21. It's like 42 push ups in two minutes, 52 sit ups, and a two mile run in under 1636. So the core guys smoked the run, mm-hmm. smoked F- push ups yeah I'm not surprised Fucked mm.
0: the crunch or fucked the uh whatever's the,
1: the hangings yeah they got screwed on the sit-ups because core has crunches, crunches. Yeah. yeah and we we're all the way up all the way down yep. so guys would just get dropped out or recycled because mm-hmm. couldn't do the full sit-up but we had a couple got through but I mean it's literally just they mentioned previously you could condense this shit into a week yeah it's hey here's one day practice how to fall. Here's one day, here's how you exit the aircraft, here's how you wear your chute, jump. That's it. Get your five jumps in. You can do that in two days because you have to do a night jump too, I think, which they don't do night. They do it at like dusk, which is way different than an actual night jump, but they count it as one. And they're all Hollywood jumps, which means like no actual equipment on you. Okay. So it's the easiest shit in the world. Finished that, and on the last week, they're like, all right, uh, here's all the OCONUS people. So, everybody going overseas to different duty stations, and they're calling everybody's name out. And the guy I went through basic with, my, the guy who, like, shared a bunk with is uh, Brown. God, I can't remember his first name right now. But uh they called him. Never called me. And I'm like, so I walked up. I'm like, hey, Sergeant Airborne, uh, I'm supposed to go to Korea. He's like, all right, what's your last name? I go, Bodie. Goes through, he goes, not on half here." let's check CONUS. Pulls it up, sure as shit, my name's right there. Opens it up, he goes, congratulations, you're going to the 82nd. Nice. <laughs> so I was dating like a girl in Fredonia who uh, <laughs> had broken up with me, got the Dear John letter in basic, cause I, and it happened as soon as I said I was going to Korea. And then I went to North Carolina, and a couple months later, I came back, and she's like, well, I have a box of your stuff, and she saw me, and I was like all tan and shit. She's like, oh, you're, you're super tan and in shape. I go, yeah, that happens when you're living in North Carolina. Bye. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. But uh, yeah, I went to Bragg, got there, was told not to unpack. I was leaving in two days. Um, Where'd you go? Uh, to a different unit. So, Holy shit. Yeah. So I was originally get part of... So at Bragg, the 82nd has three infantry divisions. Okay. The 325th Air. They're not a PIR. They're something else. The Blue Falcons. Yeah. Red, White, and Blue Falcons. That's their names. Then, Christ, that's- uh Like the iconic one is the 504th. That's the, okay. devil, the Devils in Baggy Pants. So oh. I was put into that brigade... And I get there, and they're like, all right, following people, go back to your bags. And I was named in there. And I'm like, where the hell am I going now? And they're like, all right, so here's what's going on. And their brigade was in charge of people that were currently in Iraq. But they sent two of their three battalions and took a battalion from the 505th okay. Panthers. So I got assigned to Sex the 505th. Panthers? Yeah, one panther, two panther, three panther. We called ourselves, I was part of Two Kitty. So you're not the Sex Panthers? No, no. 60% of the time, you guys worked every time, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so I ended up over there, and I laughed because the first day I was there, and they're calling everybody's names out, and they're like, all right, the following people go over to this formation, and they're calling a bunch of people. And I ran into a guy I knew from Dunkirk, who I'd grown up with my whole life. And then I hear him call Perez and here, and he moves over and I'm like, motherfucker, this dude's in my unit. He was a cook <laughs> paid dividends in our deployment years later. Cause I was like, hell yeah, I got an in with a cook. Perfect. So it was cool. Cause I, at least I knew somebody from like my hometown uh-huh. somehow ended up in the exact same unit, but they all deployed. Now I had shown up on a Tuesday to like their well like in processing had i shown up on sunday with him i'd have deployed instead i got put on rear d and painted fucking barracks for three months while everybody was deployed so then they come back and i'm the shitbag cherry who got out of a deployment uh yeah dude no bueno dude my life was rough for a while there's another dude um douglas who like saturday mornings he would Take a shower at like 4.30 in the morning, and he'd just stand out in the hallway and nothing but a towel, flip-flops, and holding a bull whip. And I'd get up to go take a shower, and he'd just be cracking the whip. Like, come on. Let's go, Cherry. You want a shower? Let's go. And you just had to run through it just to fucking get in the shower. It was like the little bit of hazing. But he ended up being a good dude. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, got it 82nd, and then it was just training. A lot of jumps. Lots of time in the field, lots of time at the range, and garrison life in the 82nd sucks because it's all dog and pony shit. You're expected to be like the 82nd of World War II in the 2000s.
0: Okay, so So I... Yeah, because the only thing I know about the 82nd is welcome to Fort Bragg where even the STDs are airborne. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam.
1: Yeah, fucking weekend spent over at Sharkies or Secrets.
0: Oh, by the way, I had the most hilarious fucking encounter Like after I got divorced and when I was on the dating apps. I was talking to this girl and she's like a school fucking teacher and she's from Rochester. She went to school in Fredonia, so we we're, like, talking whenever she, like, teaches somewhere in Cattaraugus County. I'm like, you're too far away. But anyways, she started saying something to me that I went, oh, please tell me more. She's like, so the first place where after I got my graduated from Fredonia and got my teaching license, I was sent to Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I was sent to Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm like, oh, my god (laughs) she's like what i'm like listen you're on the other side of the equation from me and everyone else i've ever fucking met please tell me what it was like being approached by 70 dudes to one girl was it like heaven for you or was it like this is fucking annoying like she's like oh yeah i got some stories i'm like oh sister please tell me (laughs) Like, just lay this shit on me. Like, I gotta know. She's like, oh, it was the funniest fucking thing. Everyone was special forces. I've never met so many people that were special forces in my life. I'm like, were they special forces or were they, like, very special forces? Do you know that uh, Onion News article? No. Oh, I'll send it to you. It's from the late 90s, and it's fucking amazing. It's called The Very Special Forces. And it's all about Clinton sending the very special forces to Kosovo. And (laughs) And they ride a very specially modified C-130 short (laughs) plane. So I sent that to her, and she's like, why didn't I know about this when I was there? I'm like, I don't know. This is from, like, 98, 99. Look at the date on it. She's like, holy shit, it is.
1: That's fantastic. She's like, this would have
0: came in so fucking handy. I'm like, (laughs) I knew about this when I was, like, in high school.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I didn't know shit about, like, Army, Navy, any service stuff. And then... Of course, like I did the depth thing senior year. Mm -hmm. Granted, so 9-11 had happened our junior year. So that was 2001. And I signed up December of 02. So everything was kind of already kicked off in Afghanistan and Mm -hmm. going hard. And then March of 03, Iraq hits. So I'm sitting there on computers just glued to every cnn and yahoo news and whatever video and article i can because i'm like what the fuck am i going to get involved in and like it's a real war at that point so i'm expecting that shit no not at all what i dealt with when i finally got there but when you finally got to iraq yeah 82nd to iraq okay so i mean the 82nd was like training as if that's really how it goes and yeah there were some fun missions and shit and I'll get to some of that when I get there, but... Uh, was it was
0: training, like, boot camp up to when you got to your unit, was it more oriented towards Iraq-Afghanistan, or was it, like... Our shit was more, like... We, we got the Desert Digitals in boot camp, but, like, everything kind of seemed like it was still Cold War-oriented.
1: Oh, for sure. I yeah. mean, we had to build foxholes and learn how to, like... So... For that's necessary. Right, but for, like, the infantry thing, like, I know Marines, you guys go through, like, the crucible. So we go, I I don't know if there's a name for it, if there is, I don't remember it, but there's a final training thing, and it's, like, a week-long training where you essentially live in the woods and deal with up four people, where you get, like, these... Oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah, it's, like, a simulated war-type thing. So you have to... You're digging, like small fighting positions next to your six-foot-deep actual foxholes mm-hmm. that have, like, you have to build the spot to put a fire and everything. And in December, we definitely wanted that because it was cold. Yep. So there was a whole, like, we dug out a whole-ass trench system for an entire company of guys, and it was legit, like, being in World War Two, cold, everybody's just pulling guard in a foxhole. mm mm-hmm. And then you're crawling everywhere, no light at night, no, no, all that shit. And then it finishes up with, like, a 12-mile road march through the night. You get in. They do some, like, grog thing. You get pinned with your fucking cross rifles. And they're like, all right, cool. You're done. You got a couple more days to clean weapons and yep. do shit, and then you're out. So, yeah, no, our training was all more... Cold War era training, yeah, with occasional mount training, but that that was so it's few hard and far to between.
0: Explain that and like have people like wrap their head around it when you tell them that. It's like no, it felt like way more like like I explained it to Call like like yeah like the killing cadences we ran and sang were Cold War about Russians and communists and I'm just like we're fucking in Afghanistan for two years and we two thousand three you know we were just entering Iraq. Yeah, Yeah. I remember sitting there with one of my buddies who did the first podcast. Well, let's call him Joe. Uh, We had a class together. It was construction class. so It was me, him, one other kid, and then our teacher, Mr. Proper, who had just graduated college. So, like, we knew him because when we were playing football freshman year, he was a senior. And so then he came back, and he was our construction teacher, and he was just like, I hate teaching. I'm joining the Army so that class was me joining the marines uh my buddy joe keep wanting to say his real name um joining the air force and mr proper going i'm joining the fucking army fuck this he ended up going ranger did he yeah (laughs) and uh so we'd sit there and i was working at the bomber house at the time so we'd order subs from there because they knew me and be like this is where you bring it to and then we'd sit there and like watch whatever news channel we were watching and watching like, the bomb getting dropped in Iraq. And we're like, this is what we're all going to do. We're fucking retarded.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think. I was just like, shit, no backing out now.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. like, well,
1: I signed the contract. I gave him my word. Yeah.
0: I didn't know that you could uh, go back on your
1: word. Yeah. Neither did I until like I'm at maps and they're like, all right, well, this is the last chance for you to back out. You're good. You don't have to go. If you want out, you can. And I'm like. I mean, now I'm kind of pot committed here, man. You've got me in a hotel room and ready to fucking leave for basic in 24 hours.
0: look at my butthole. Yeah, like I am (laughs) all in.
1: Oh, that was the most awkward and just uncomfortable part of that maps process. Is that old dude just like, all right? I think I was the only one bend over and spread them.
0: I didn't get fingered. I didn't get fingered. He just. I, I know so many other people are like. He put it. The finger in my bum. I'm like, I didn't get a finger in my bum.
1: Neither did I. They're not cute. Am I too furry? I
0: maybe. All I know is that uh, do you remember it was an old computer animated movie? It was a Final Fantasy movie. There's this old Final Fantasy movie. Final Fantasy Something. It came out like just before I joined Secrets of the Something. But there was like a doctor in the movie. His name was Dr. Aki Roth. And Mep's doctor that looked at your butthole looked exactly like that guy. <laughs> like, down to, like, the liver spots on his bald yeah. head. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, this is Dr. Aki Roth is looking at my butthole.
1: Yeah. It was just, I remember Mep's, there's two things I remember from the in-processing. Having to spread my cheeks for a doc. Mm-hmm. And then having to duck walk around in my boxers.
0: I don't, I only remember spreading my butt. Yeah. The rest of it was like run around, go here, go here, go here, blur.
1: And then I don't know if you did this, but when I left, uh, so I did MEPS on, I don't even know what day of the week it was, but so I get picked up, driven to Buffalo, do the end processing. And then they put us up in a hotel because our flight wasn't until like the next morning. And I actually know the hotels on Delaware. and Yeah, it's somewhere right there. Yeah, Delaware and North is the intersection. I pass it all the time, or or near that area. And there used to be a Walgreens next to it. And I walked out. I went over to Walgreens and picked up a pack of cigarettes, fucking cool menthols. I remember it. I walked out, and some dude that I'd grown up with my entire life, he always lived across the street, was sitting outside smoking a cigarette. And I was like, Dude, what the hell are you doing here and he's just like oh my girlfriend's leaving joining the army so i sat up with him and the girl who was leaving and a couple other people that came up mm-hmm. and we just sat outside and smoked cigarettes all night until like three four in the morning before i went in crashed for like an hour and got on my plane and left and then i remembered landing did you get
0: like a direct or did
1: you get a layover layover in dc where I could run outside, smoke one more cigarette before I had to get to Atlanta. I had a layover at LaGuardia, I think.
0: And so, but, like, it was a long layover. So, like, we all went there, and, you know, whoever had the package of whatever to deliver to the drone instructors to get yelled at. And then we met up with, like, these kids from the New York maps. So I met this one kid. He ended up being in my platoon. He was a fucking goober. <laughs> He's just like, Oh, I love New York City and blah blah blah. Everything else sucks. He was one of those fucking idiots. I'm just like I gotta go have a smoke. He's like, I'll come with you. I'm like I walk outside and like I'm just like, Holy fuck, this place smells like trash.
1: <laughs>
0: like the first time I've ever been to New York City in my life. I'm just like, it's the first thing I say to this kid who's very proud of his city. I'm just like, This place smells like trash, and this fucking sucks. I lit my cigarette, I'm just like,
1: fuck. Minus my four and a half years. In service. I've lived in Western New York my whole time, or my whole life. Yeah. I have no desire to go to New York City. Never been there. Don't ever want to go.
0: I could not recommend not going there enough. I've been there a few times for work, and every time they send me, it's never do a good part. So I have that bias for me, and- If it was a good part, I would probably hate it even more because that would just mean it's busy. And I'm like, I'm trying to do work here and you people need to get off this fucking sidewalk that I'm tearing up. Yeah. And by the way, we're bringing in a drill rig and we're going to make a bunch of fucking noise.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No no desire to go there.
0: Yes, it's... I don't know how to describe it. It's too fucking much.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why I have no desire to go is just... I'm not big on a lot of people. And yep. that's just that's my fucking nightmare is walking those streets with just everybody there shoulder to shoulder. I'm like, nah, I'm good.
0: Are you with claustrophobia?
1: I can deal with that.
0: It's a weird claustrophobia because of the buildings being so high and you're just like Oh it it's open-ish, but not it's massively different than being in the woods where like you're fully enclosed by trees and leaves, but you still feel very fucking open. In this, you're like, it's open. I know I'm open. I can look up. I can see clouds. If I'm like in the middle of a road, I can look left and I can look right and not see immediate buildings. And then you're just like, too much. Yeah. I also had a homeless lady stop 20 feet in front of me, drop her pants and take a shit in the middle of a bridge <laughs> while I was walking behind her. I'm like, all right, I'm crossing the road.
1: I mean, I've had that in Buffalo, but I also saw the same guy who shit <laughs> wipe his ass with his hand and then wipe the shit from his hand underneath the door handle of the car that he was shitting next to. Uh, which I was okay with because I knew the people who were parking in the area were all dicks. Okay. I was like, yeah, that's fine. You can you can wipe your shit under the handle of that Mercedes.
0: All right, that's simple.
1: But then, because uh, this was like, I don't know if you know where Shays is in Buffalo. Yeah, I've been to a few shows there. Yeah. Okay. So there's the, on, there's the main street side with the big Shays entrance and everything. Yep. And then there's the other side on Franklin. Um, on the back side, I think that's Franklin. But it was on the back side because I worked upstairs above Shays doing collections for like eight, nine months, something like that. And this guy was just a local and like, he was a regular in the area. So I saw him shit a couple of times in that parking lot. And then I watched the cops come over and stop him while he was beating his dick in the middle of the day. Cause on the backside of shades, there's these weird little like window cutout type things, but they're not windows. Right. And he curled up in there and just started rubbing one out in the middle of the day.
0: I mean, when you gotta, you gotta
1: apparently. So, I mean, that's him. And then like, one person which i actually think was that claire who just recently was run over in buffalo a couple days ago i have no idea yeah she was like this i don't want to say homeless based on some some of the stuff i saw but she had like some mental health issues due to like past and current drug use and mm-hmm. i was i i made a wrong turn in a neighborhood in the middle of the night and didn't know where i was and just pretty sure it was her just ran up like, hey, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm running this red light and I'm not stopping until I hit a, an actual like street that I know like nothing against you. But in the middle of the night, I'm not helping anybody, man. I, I don't know what you're doing. I, I saw I saw some I saw her reaching a jacket and I was like, nope, I'm out.
0: But yeah. Uh, what the fuck were we talking about before we got massively? <laughs> uh,
1: when I joined in uh, time and service stuff. So yeah, I wasn't far from you. I mean, because no, you were are. uh down in Jacksonville. Yep.
0: And I'm the son of Vial. Yeah, Thank you yeah. for remembering that. Yeah. That was a great paper I wrote.
1: Yeah. So uh Yeah, I was up in Vietnam and I spent we probably have been within minutes of each other many, many times and didn't know it because yeah. I spent the first few months at Bragg, I spent my weekends at Myrtle Beach. Okay. Because as like 19 years old and you could go to Myrtle Beach, get a motel room on the very south end of the strip for like $30 a night, split it with six guys from your your squad or whatever, and then find a homeless guy and give him 20 bucks and a ride and they'd buy you, you know, whatever you wanted for beer and drinks and you could just get shitty on Myrtle Beach and, you know, party. And then I kind of was like, yeah, I'm over this. There's too many people. I wanna chill. And a buddy told me about spending time in Wilmington. Wilmington is great. Yeah. So he met a girl who we eventually married and then has since they separated and went their separate their own ways. But a friend of theirs, uh well, a friend of hers, Karen, had her family had a three story house in Wrightsville Beach. Oh damn. Where they lived on the third floor. Second floor was her grandfather, I believe,'s old apartment or like where he lived, so mm-hmm. nobody ever went there. And the first floor were two fully functional, like in-law suite type things.
0: Shit. And
1: her mom was just like, hey, anytime you guys want to come out, doors open. We're like, cool, we'll see you every weekend. We're not training, and we did.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, And it
1: was on the bay side, but the actual ocean side was, you just had to walk down the street and then cut across and walk down one of like the yeah, so public access the barrier
0: islands. So you're going like maybe a hundred yards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I spent every weekend in Wrightsville. Dude, that's fucking tits, yeah. So I love it down there. I actually just went like, actually I, I messaged you cause you told me to go about that, uh, Flaming Amy's, Flaming Amy's yeah, Bar. yeah Yeah. I Of all the times I've been there. I never been there. And I went and I was like, this is awesome. Yep. So I know where to go next time I'm there, but
0: no, I took uh, the girlfriend when I was down there for New Year's, and we went to Wrightsville and a few other places. Top sale, like I showed her my old stomping grounds, and uh, yeah, so we went and did all that stuff. And one of my buddies, who's just retiring now, is moving back in the summer. And uh, I should probably tell a few other people before this goes out to air, but um, yeah, I'm gonna go back down there. When he's all moved in and settled, visit my best friend, visit my other really, really good friend who was my also my mentor. He's the one who I gotta tell. And then also that other dude. So I'm gonna bring the girlfriend down in late August, maybe early August. One of the two, but it's a good
1: time back. to go. Oh, I fucking love North Carolina. Dude, especially that area. There's something about it. And Coastal Carolina is the shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my favorite place in the world. So
0: it's definitely up there for me. Yeah.
1: I've got, so Karen still lives down there. I don't and,
0: like it in the middle of summer when you can chew the air.
1: Oh God. No, that so, part sucks. Unless you're on the beach where the breeze blows it away and you can just jump in the ocean. Cause the Atlantic's not freezing cold. It's way though. It's Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: Cause I was lived in Holly Ridge, which is really close to South Topsail. So I like just had to like drive down three miles, and so like I worked nights. So like Wednesday morning, I could go to the beach. It's empty. Go run the beach, go to work, which was fucking awesome. I can't recommend uh, to if there are any Marines who ever do listen to this and you're active duty, go run the beach on South Topsail for your PT, then go into work because no one's there. Unlike Saturday morning when you go to the beach and it's just filled with every. Fucking jarhead and their mother because they're like, mom, come to the beach, and like you're just like this is horrible. There is like seven thousand people here, and they all look exactly like me. Fuck.
1: See, that's why I liked Wrightsville. It wasn't super packed all the time. I mean, you'd have like families and stuff down there, yeah. but it wasn't too too crazy. Now, once you got into Wilmington, mm-hmm. yeah, it's everybody and their mother looks mother like me.
0: Just south cross the river right yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's why you put a river
1: in the way yeah the Cape Fear yeah yeah. I think it's south I'm not 100% sure because as soon as you cross that river you
0: might as well just go to Myrtle that's the marine mentality like if you're coming an hour from Jacksonville if you're going to cross that river go across those bridges Fuck it, just go another oh, man, hour it was
1: go about an hour because go to Myrtle um, I don't know if you remember her somebody who would have graduated with us Erica Webster? Yes, I do. She lives in Jacksonville now. I'm so sorry. So I uh, I stopped and saw her on my way back up. There was like a Bills game, and we went. I watched like the first half of the Bills-Pittsburgh game, I think, last or two years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Had some food, had a beer, and I was like, all right, well, I can't sit here and keep drinking because, you know, I got 10 and a half hours of driving to do, so nice to see you. I'm out. Yep. But – yeah, no, I loved my weekends down there. Made a lot of good friends that I'm still friends with today. One of my one of my roommates from Bragg, uh, who's in my obviously my squad, shared a barracks room. Um, he got married to a girl. They're still together. They live I good for th- him. think just south of Wilmington, Wrightsville area. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I didn't go to their house. I don't I but, start losing the names of towns Yeah, that. yeah. So, um, Like, it was good. I saw a bunch of people. I want to go back. I want to go back, like, so bad and so soon. I just need to get some vacation time. New job means uh, no vacation for a year. So Ah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I got to earn that time back. But it'll be worth it once I get it. It's worse
0: once you're at a place for 13 years and you're like, oh, fuck, I got to take vacation.
1: Dude, I was at... So I don't get my ass chewed out. I was at a very large insurance company.
0: In the Buffalo, New York area? In, in the
1: Buffalo area. Um, Most
0: people don't know that, what it is we're talking about. Yeah,
1: for nine years, just over nine years. And it was... I loved it when I started. And the last four years were hell. And three of them, I was literally sitting at this table taking calls. <sighs> Ten hours a day, four days a week, which I couldn't complain too much. I worked Monday through Thursday. Nice. But... Just it's working in customer service is not for me and I don't ever want to do it again because I can deal with You're not a people person. Yeah. You know? And when somebody starts off hot with like the you motherfuckers did that. I didn't do shit. I sat here and got yelled at by somebody else. I didn't make a damn change. Well yeah. Nine years of that. Nah, I'm good. Yeah. Um you know, I,
0: I'm fine with customer service. Here's your best
1: bet. Hey, here's my
0: problem. Can you help me? And ninety 98% of the time it's yes, or the other 2% of the time it's this needs to go to my manager. All right, well, I'll wait. Thank you. Is there anything else, else I can help you with? No, you've been very helpful. Have a great day. Yeah. And they're just going to go, whew, thank God I don't have to commit suicide after that call.
1: Yep. Yeah. Now my job deals with very few to know people, and it's... A lot more physically demanding, which is good. I mean, I've lost a ton of weight in, like, the first three months working there, so happy with that.
0: I will say, you do look slimmer since I saw you even a month ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm shedding everything now. should have seen me in January. I was bad. I was, like, 330, super lethargic, just awful, and now I'm down to, like, 275, and at least I put on, like, 10 to 15, sometimes 20,000 steps a day just in work. Nice. So I'm active now, and it's helping. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, back to the the Army days. So so you're doing we'll get, awesome
0: shit in Wrightsville.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I told you I had a, a roommate there, my mm-hmm. buddy Derek. So at this time, I'm still underage. I think I was 20 years old. So, this is what 2005. Yeah, it was just before Katrina. So, mm-hmm. um, I was in weapon squad. So, the way like infantry units break down, you have first, second, third, and a weapon squad. So, yes. normal squads are riflemen, grenadier, saw gunner one, two, three team, so this team is the leader squads in the platoon. Yes, yes. So these are the squads. So squads, nine guys. Yeah. Or, yeah, nine guys. What is it? Four? Wait, squad leader. Yeah, yeah, squad leader, and then... Three dudes. Two team leaders, and their teams consist. So it's your team leader, your rifleman, your saw gunner, and your grenadier. So those are the four per team, and okay. then the ninth guy is your squad leader. So weapon squad's a little different, and this I got into because of that javelin, qual- like adjustment to my MOS. So that is your 240, your assistant gunner, your ammo bearer, and your anti-tank gunner. So it's the guy that if you ever need an anti-tank system, he's carrying it. So that was my job. Um,
0: so you got to carry the clue?
1: No, the, the hell no. Well, yeah, eventually I did and I almost burned it to the ground. I'll get to that too.
0: Yeah, you told me that one before.
1: Yeah, Oh yeah, yeah. So that one was... The only time that we had a Clue, and I burned a Humvee to the ground on accident, flare went off.
0: For anyone wondering, Clue stands for Command Launch Unit. Yep. Nailed
1: it. Yeah. $250,000 freaking video game system, really.
0: If it makes you feel any better, uh, hydraulics um, actuators for the V-22 Osprey cost way fucking more, and they're way smaller.
1: I heard you talking prices on one of the previous podcasts. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Didn't have to worry about stuff that that was that expensive. We just
0: way more trouble. We just get to say, sorry.
1: Oh, yeah. They almost tried to charge me for it, the $250,000 for something that got damaged in a combat zone because my first sergeant hated me (sighs) because he was an admin guy. I'm pretty sure he was an actual 42 Alpha, which is an admin MOS, who had to replace Our prior Delta Force first sergeant who got in trouble for some shit in Katrina. And because I was. So you went
0: from having an awesome fucking dude?
1: Yeah, to a paper jockey who didn't know shit about being in the infantry. And I was vocal about my displeasure whenever he would, like, hey guys, you got to do this. The fuck we do? Like, this is stupid. So. Yeah, yeah. I, He shot me down on a promotion for my E5 Jesus. Before our deployment And then towards the end of my deployment They sent me back to the E5 board And I turned it down Because at the time I was considering re-enlisting uh-huh. But changing my class And going to a different job And you can't be um, I can't remember what the term for it was But essentially you can't be an E5 or higher And completely switch MOS's Because you can't be in charge of people Who know more shit than you Okay so I yeah, turned we're it down. The
0: exact fucking opposite. We will railroad you through cuz obviously we were taking 46 people and bringing them into the V22 community. And also they were just randomly picking other fucking people where they were like, "So you want to re-enlist and this is what's open and we can bring the you into here, which brought if you listen to the episode with Brian Gaston, he was one of my He was the last staff sergeant I dealt with and I had so many fucking staff sergeants just like recycling in and through for like a few fucking years into my shop. And I'm just like, I don't have to listen to these people because they're not going to stick around in this (laughs) shop. And he ended up sticking around and he was also way more fucking bullheaded than anyone else in there. (laughs) And I just went, oh shit, somebody who gives a fuck
1: good yeah, I had to laugh when I saw his name pop up because one of the guys while I was in service was Brian Gaston. Oh, nice! Yeah, so I was like, "Hold on, I gotta listen to this." And then right off the bat, he talks about how like how long he served and this that, and the other. And I'm like, "Nope, this guy's just a little bit older than the Brian Gaston that I know." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um,
0: yeah. Like the first thing he said when he came to the shop is like, "I'm old enough to be your dad." I'm like, "How are you still fucking in?" It's like eh, broken service. I'm like, oh, "Okay,
1: that'll do it." But, yeah, so anyways, back to uh, Weapon Squad. So they called themselves the Manimal Squad. These guys were all jacked as fuck. Love the name. They were jacked as fuck. And here I am, like, some out-of-shape kind of shape, pudgy, brand-new E2, E3 at the time, maybe. I don't know. Um, but they're like, all right. So they set
0: the standard as big dick pipe players. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: These guys, like, it was like you had to be 6'2", 220 and pure muscle to be on that team and I'm like what the fuck am I doing here my, my 59193 ass like <laughs> shit I got to go to the gym so anyways it's a Wednesday night at one point and they're like we're going out and uh, I can't remember the name of this place I think it was called the palomino and it was Essentially, is a giant warehouse that they split down the middle. The left side was a nightclub, so oomph, oomph, oomph of shit all night. Other side, country, huge line dancing floor, mechanical bowl, the works.
0: Was this in Raleigh?
1: No, this was in Fayetteville.
0: Okay, because I went to one in Raleigh and I had a experience where that's where I got this scar when I blacked out. Oh, jeez.
1: So yeah, uh, Wednesday nights at the Palomino were referred to by all of our e6s and above as church because they went there religiously because it was dollar drink night
0: great reason yeah so i approve
1: i was asked to go with my squad and be the dd said sure because otherwise i'm going to get my ass kicked by these guys if i don't say yes to this i'm a new dude i got to do it so we get there and one of the guys is going to grab you know drinks or whatever and he's like what do you want i'm like i'll take a pepsi he goes what the fuck do you want? And I'm like, a a Pepsi. He's just like, I didn't ask you what you wanted to drink. What do you want to drink? And I'm like, I don't get it. One of them's like, dude, what booze do you want? He's going to get you drinks. I'm like, oh, rum and Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) So I hand the guy like a 20 and he's like, yeah, this will do for you for the night. I'm like, what? And he just, they're just feeding me and i'm not driving by any means i don't remember how we got back i do vaguely remember we stopped so bragg was home of the most physically fit alcoholics in the world i think was what they that's, claimed to be no
0: that's camp Lejeune. okay we can we can thumb wrestle over this we both lose
1: <laughs> yeah so we had a 24 hour liquor store no closing time so I- very much approve of that yeah it was on base on on base base?
0: on post Um, okay that makes sense because north carolina laws is not that cool
1: yeah so i don't know if it's still open i don't think it is but so we had a 24-hour class six we went in i remember we picked up a bottle of vodka and maybe some other shit and back to the barracks and continued to drink well into the early morning hours mind you this is a wednesday night going into thursday thursday means pt in the morning but usually it meant light PT because all of the squad leaders were hung over from going to the bars.
0: I like where this is going.
1: Yeah. So I wake up. Uh, our... Sounds like
0: they played DD and got you
1: annihilated. Oh, so fucked up. So our squad leader, Sergeant Walsh, good dude. But man, he wrote us fucking hard. He's pounding on our door now. Formation's not till six thirty, but in Weapons Squad, if you're not up by five thirty, you're late. So he's pounding on our door at like five twenty-five. I don't really hear it, and my roommate sits up, opens the door, and Walsh comes busting in, (laughs) and he's like, "What the fuck? What the fuck, Bodie? What the?" And that's all he's saying. And I sit up. He goes, what the fuck did you do? This puke everywhere. I go, I oh, don't know, Sergeant. It wasn't me. Must have been justice. <laughs> I point at my roommate, and I fall back down into my bed. And it, unbeknownst to me, there is vomit just all down the side of my face and my shoulder. Like, I'm covered in it, and it's... All, the last thing I remembered was I felt sick, and I didn't want to get the CQ, so the people on duty that night. I didn't want to get their attention because I'm underage and plastered, so instead of going to our bathroom down the hall, I opened up a cooler and puked into the cooler with the, the smart plan of, I'll dump this down the shower drain or somewhere else tomorrow. No, I kicked the shit over in the middle of the night because at one point, oh I pissed myself stripped down naked, stole my roommate's blanket, kicked over the cooler puke on the way back to my bed, and went back to sleep.
0: Holy fuck, that's a great night.
1: Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, so for punishment, on Thursday, I got to run eight miles. It was, it was brutal. Still uh, drunk. Still hammered. Absolutely plastered. I had no food in me, though, to actually throw up on the run, which was great. That's the, always a plus. Yeah, to the very don't end I realize was realize that that's a good. Thing. Yeah, I was like dry heaving a little bit at the end, but it, then uh, the rest of my punishment was I had to pull every piece of furniture and everything out of that room, clean every piece of furniture, scrub literally the ceiling tiles down to the floor, and this is army, so it means stripping and waxing the floor too, um, and then put it all back in, and then move and down the like away from the rest of Weapon Squad because they were a bad influence.
0: But you were still in weapons squad.
1: Yeah, still stayed in the squad. I, I moved I literally moved three doors down. And these that were sh- doesn't those, do those. Yeah, these were those shitty, I don't know how core barracks were, but like ours were at the time shitty cinder block fucking buildings with just one long hall and a, each person had their own they had a room that they shared with another, which was just one open room. Right. And then a community bathroom. So the barracks
0: that I had at the schoolhouse, not in Pensacola where I did A school for basic airframes and hydraulics, but the second one where you specialize on your aircraft at New River, Jacksonville, North Carolina. Uh, so, Marine Corps Air Station, New River. Uh, that one was like an original barracks from the base. That one was set up like that. When I went literally down the street, two barracks down uh, to my other barracks, barracks 4020. Fuck yeah. That one was set up brick and all the rooms pointed outside so there was catwalks, so nothing was like pointed in internal hallways, and you had your own bathroom
1: with Mm. one roommate. Yeah, we eventually moved out of those old shitty barracks. Those barracks don't exist anymore.
0: But barracks forty twenty was also like one of the older ones, like that Mm. has since been replaced. Now they're I don't know. Like I'm pretty sure all rooms point outwards, like motels, still. But the two rooms will share one bathroom.
1: I know in the newer barracks they do that. Yeah, that's how ours eventually yeah. to what it turned into. So like we'd each have our own bedroom with its own door, and then we'd have like a bathroom with you know toilet and shower, and then they had its own door. And between the rooms and that was like a sink. And then on the other side, we had, like, a small kitchenette and fridge. It was, like, a mini apartment. Mm -hmm. Pretty fucking sweet barracks. Took us a while to get them, but we got them. Yeah, we Uh, got the cool ones like that. Yeah, I ended up moving down the hall. And that's actually when I started going to Wilmington is because my new roommate was the guy who was dating somebody down that way. So... So, me getting shit faced on a Wednesday led to yeah. me making really good friends down in Wilmington, that's like North the Carolina. Best happy accident ever. Yeah, yeah. So, that was like the only time that I got in tr- actual trouble for being a total fuck up. The only other time that That's
0: I, not being a total fuck up. That's oh, just oh, getting
1: loaded wait, with the fucking boys. I forgot. Here's the absolute cherry on top of that story I got promoted the next day.
0: Nice. Yep. e3 or e4 uh
1: from e3 to e4 Shit. and uh yeah I think it had to be my e4 at that time um and uh, this was before the army had switched over to the acu so i was still in the BDUs? old bdus yeah Fuck yes so the whole tradition was you cut like three corners of your rank and then mm-hmm. first sergeant rips it off and pins on the new one and throws the old one on the ground well first sergeant henderson at the time Ripped them off, pinned the new ones on, and went to, like, throw them down and held his hand, looked at him, looked at me, goes, I'm going to hold on to these for you. You might need them. (laughs) And put them right in his pocket. Everybody started dying because at this point, everybody had heard about what had happened. So I was like, Jesus, this is great. That dude was cool as hell. I had two really good first sergeants and then one terrible one. That happens. Yeah. Actually, I I ran into him, the one that I didn't like. uh, I ran into him years later, a buddy of mine that served with. He ended up killing himself. And at his funeral, that first sergeant actually showed up. And I kind of was like, You got a lot of balls being here, man. And he apologized. He was just like, Look, I was new to the position. You questioning was doing the right thing. And I was just stubborn. And I could have learned so much more from guys like you than and been a better first sergeant much faster than what I did. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, well, he owned up to being a dick, but he still wasn't the coolest dude that weekend. Our old lieutenant who couldn't make it called the bar we were at and put like a $500 tab on his card and was just like, go ahead and drink, boys. Nice. I ended up throwing up on somebody's curtains in a hotel room.
0: It happens. That's what hotel rooms are for.
1: This was back before I knew, you know, moderation. (laughs) It took a long time to learn what that that moderation is.
0: That was a solid seven fucking years after getting out to actually learn the like not just like, yeah, okay, I understand the concept. It was like, all right, I got it. Like I've learned it. I I know it. Yeah. Yeah. It took me something that tastes like shit. Vodka with tonic and I will learn to pace myself and that's how I learned pacing
1: yeah no I I tried that and I was like alright we'll go gin and tonics and now I can just drink gin and tonics all night vodka yeah, tonics and then I just got used to it so
0: you gotta go seasons gin and tonics is for summer yeah but even then it's oh god they go
1: like water yeah because
0: I also learned this magical little trick if you read uh, Ernest Hemingway books he teaches you how to fucking drink so there's this book called Island is in the Stream and uh in Islands, in each Ernest Hemingway book, there's a different fucking drink which is just like heralded on this fucking platform. And the by the end of the book, you're like, I need to make that fucking drink. And he tells you how to make it 700 times, so it's like committed to memory just by <laughs> fucking reading. So Islands in the Stream, it's called a Tomito, T-O-M-I-T-O, after the main character. His name is Tom, and in Islands in the Stream, basically he's just like going around the islands in the Caribbean, kind of looking for German U-boats U- in World War II like to see if like they're there and stuff. Um, and he drinks, it's a gin and tonic with this fun little fucking twist. So pull out half the tonic water and replace it with coconut water and then add a squeeze of half a lime and a couple dashes of bitters mix it slightly with the ice and then wrap the glass in like a brown paper bag or newspaper or whatever, basically just to keep it colder or like colder for longer. It's fucking amazing. It's like a tropical gin and tonic.
1: As I look at my bar right now, I'm like, do I have any gin?
0: I don't see gin. That's Jameson. Oh no, you got a wee bit of Bombay.
1: Little baby bottle that somebody gave me, I think, at, like, a hockey thing.
0: Yeah, but no, I definitely fucking recommend, if you like gin and tonics, this is the best thing on a fucking hot day. Like, you, two of them, like, not just to, like, get, like, I mean, you can get slammed off them if you want to, but, like, sit in the backyard with, like, a pint-sized glass like that of these, and you're just like, God damn, this is fucking good.
1: So bust out the uh, Yeti tumbler and oh, sit poolside yeah. with that. Gotcha. Fuck yeah, dude. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do that.
0: Yes. And I if you want, I will like find the recipe on the internet and I will send it to you and like you're just like, God fucking damn it, yes. I will also recommend the high end gin Hendrix for this one if you're feeling fucking froggy. Alright. Because it does make a slight difference. Otherwise, Tangray or Bombay is fine.
1: Yeah. Anything below that is pine salt.
0: Yeah. Basically, it's pine salt. Yeah. Uh,
1: military special. I heard you talk about this. I it's
0: an NJP in every bottle.
1: Yeah. Like, I never saw this, but, like, I was like, that,
0: This was literally bottom shelf. You, you remember Burnett's? Yeah. It was, like, to the left of
1: Burnett's. Burnett's, Mr. Boston. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: I will say there have been many days where, in a pinch, the only thing left at the PX was. Burnett's watermelon and a half gallon, and I drank
1: that. Hey, man, Burnett's watermelon and like Sprite, something like that. Oh yeah, just it goes down.
0: So you were in North Carolina too. Did you have any like local boys around, like stationed with you, like they were from local?
1: Uh, so I had a squad leader who I originally he was born in Watkins Watkins Glen. Oh, nice. But as like a baby, his parents moved him to Asheville. Okay. Uh, pre becoming what it is now where it wasn't where always like Asheville. Yeah. Yeah. So back when Asheville was like, Hey guys, if you're here in the wrong part of town, you might not want to be here late. I was told that I was too dark to go to Asheville cause in the summer I get very tan, at least the parts where he would come from. Um, so he would, uh, run up there and get shine every once in a while and we'd get together and do stuff. I was going like, to ask if you guys had frog juice. No. Oh. I don't so know what frog juice is. this
0: introduction to Everclear. Oh, fuck that stuff. So this was, I don't remember the kid's name, but he was pretty cool. Uh, but he would have parties at his house because he was married, so he lived off base. And so we'd all go there every once. I'd go there every once in a while. Other guys went there more. But basically, this is the recipe for frog juice. One full bottle of Everclear. One three liter of Mountain Dew, three packs of Green Kool Aid, ice. You couldn't fucking taste the Everclear.
1: So this sounds a lot like uh, what my medic. Um, actually, by he the had, way, he has a,
0: I don't know where he found a three liter of Mountain Dew.
1: I've seen them, not recently. I don't know if they make them anymore, but the three liters used to be a thing.
0: It was, like, the weirdest thing to me. I'm like, what?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't see him often, but I've seen him before. Yeah, uh, my medic, shout out Doc Wise, um, made this stuff called Hop, Skip, and Go Naked. Sounds promising. Yeah, it's three liters of, now this is, mind you, this is done in, like, an igloo cooler type thing, like a, for like football games and shit yeah. like that. So so it's three liters of vodka, an eighteen pack of shitty light beer, your choice. And three, nine, eighteen. I think it's nine or six. I'm gonna go with six. Lemonade concentrates. Like the frozen lemonade concentrate. Like the tube that you put yep. in the freezer. Yep. I it, love those. Yeah. And you just mix it together with ice and it tastes like lemonade. That's Ooh. it. It is but Legit one glass of that and you're starting to feel pretty loose. Two glasses within like 30 minutes, you might want to stop for a while because it's gonna hit you like a freight train.
0: Yeah, frog juice was pretty fucking brutal. Sounds
1: very much Being like that
0: it. It was it, at about <laughs> four liters
1: total. Yeah, and but everclear whole oh, <sighs> that's yeah. what makes the big difference there is whole. Oh. That's not brought a bottle of Everclear back.
0: You remember Richie Keppel? Yeah. Dude, he loved it. He was like drinking shots of it like it was nothing. I'm like (laughs) Get the fuck get the fuck out of here. No, you're not human. This isn't normal.
1: (laughs) No, no, you're not. If you can just down that shit, there's something wrong with you. But he
0: was also the only person who did not join the military from this area who could keep up with me in shit talk, drinking, and after drinking, housing chicken finger subs. I'm like, I fucking love you.
1: Fair enough. I got a few tried. For a while, they could hang for a little bit, but then it would be like, now I really want to tie one on. And they're like, the fuck? I'm like, yeah, it's go time. But there's also a bad point. Like, So I lived when... So you and I ran into each other in college at JCC. Yep. I finished JCC, got my two-year degree in business administration, went to Fredonia Mm -hmm. trying the accounting thing, which I hated every bit of that. Um, Yeah,
0: you don't seem like a counter. No,
1: no. I did like one tax season working at an accounting firm, like under the table. It was the most boring four hours of my life every week but because it was on the table, the dude paid me bank. So I was like, I'm still going to do it, but I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. So I switched over to like a business, just straight up business major, and then couldn't finish my classes because for some reason they're like, take an elective. We can't get you into this freshman level course your last semester of college. I'm like, yeah, no, put me in this class or I'm done and walked away. But anyways, during those Fredonia years, I lived on Norton Place. Okay. So you know where that is in relation to the bars. It's literally the bars end and there's the street. So I could crawl. I worked second shift. And I always scheduled school. So I only had to go to school twice a week. Either Monday and Wednesdays or Tuesdays and Thursdays. And this way I could guarantee that I could get hammered like four nights a week. And I'd get out of work. I'd fly home, I'd down like a small bottle of Johnny Black in a six-pack, and then I'd walk over to the bars for two hours. I'm like, all right, cool. Fuck yeah. Got to the point where I like worked at Muldoon's for, well, technically I worked at the Harry Lemon for one semester, which then got me very cheap or free drinks when I would go to Muldoon's because I was staff, which was not good for my liver at all.
0: It's okay, it's healed by now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah actually just had a doctor's appointment Liver numbers are good And I'm like, that's "That's shocking Okay, cool But yeah, college was a bit of a blur I drank a lot was in like a long-term relationship And then that's what kept me in Buffalo Okay And like six months into living together She was fucking around So that ended and I was stuck here Yeah, after like five, almost six years together i was like yeah well that's my luck well that's why i'm here and now i'm okay with it got some good friends so you got a
0: pretty sweet pad too yeah
1: yeah yeah. got lucky with this place Yeah, decent landlord got a pool got a backyard and i'm close enough neighborhood too yeah good neighborhood and i'm close enough to being in buffalo without having to actually be in in buffalo so it's nice everything's within 30 minutes
0: yeah, that's actually pretty fucking good. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that's pretty much like the rundown of post-Army life was got out, went to school, drank away like four years that I don't really remember much of, moved here. And then for nine years, I sat and took calls, and that was really my life you drinking. Ready, sent, kill yourself? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, fuck. Tried like hockey and shit to...
0: Do you still play?
1: I just got back into it. I do roller okay. as opposed to ice because ice is harder to find for a goalie, which is shocking. Really? Yeah. Like goalies for ice, I'll have like set teams now. Like teams, teams come in when they have a goalie. It's not like roller where it's like, hey, I have a bunch of guys that want to play, but we don't have a goalie. So I can find more time playing roller than I can ice. But okay. I am doing the 11-day power play, so that'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. It's like a Thursday noon to three shift, so I at least it's midday.
0: for my rollerblades, my hockey rollerblades, because girlfriend's like, hey, do you have rollerblades? You play hockey, right? I'm like, yeah. So I'm looking for them. I found one. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I have to buy new ones. So I went looking. I'm like, god damn,
1: those are expensive. Oh, yeah. Fucking equipment's so expensive now. Holy
0: fuck. I'm like, Mission doesn't even make fucking inline blades anymore I'm like
1: uh bauer bought them out or mission cups. bought out bauer one of the two something probably bauer with that.
0: brought mission because i still see bauer stuff yeah
1: but yeah i do that now wait
0: so bauer's on its own it's not nike anymore
1: i don't know how that relationship is working i don't think nike's involved in hockey anymore good, good. I think I they got just out of hate it.
0: Nike in general. Yeah,
1: Bauer had, like, a rough go for a little bit, so. Because I know Reebok
0: is CCM. Yep. With different branding.
1: Yeah. And then there's, like, Warrior, True, Bauer, Vaughn. Okay. Like, the big ones that I know. But. I always just fuck with CCM.
0: They're yeah. consistent.
1: I was always a Bauer kid growing up. So I kind of stuck with it. Now in net, I'm a warrior goalie p- equipment. That's like, I've been a huge fan of it. It's comfortable. It's cheaper than the Bauer shit yep. and just as good. So I liked warriors sticks and
0: TPSs. They're gone now. Yep. Uh, I've always been a fan of CCM because they're fucking consistent and fits me well enough. And I always wanted to
1: get a pair of graph skates. Oh, I know. Yeah. A goalie that was always like the dream was the graph goalie skate. Graph
0: skates, just in general, yeah.
1: You're just like, oh god damn, but yeah, I didn't play those because like they will like
0: do every foot shape and all the things, and I'm just like, I could be so comfortable in those, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I uh, I bought like the cheapest ice skate that was available at the time, some Bauer reactor or something or others, the lowest end possible. So I have those, like I have all the shit for ice, I just. I play once a year, unless I can find ice time. I was in a men's league for a while, but then COVID hit. Everything kind of stopped, and then I tore a hamstring because I'm fat, and I tried to run for a charity football game. Oh. Yeah. Tore it right off the bone. Oh. Yeah. It was a fun pop. I'm like, legs aren't supposed to do that, but – Got back into it this year. I played Summer League last year. It was fun, so I decided to do the Summer Roller this year. Okay. Uh, I don't do Winter Roller only because the closest league is in Lockport, and that's a 45-minute drive. Yes. And I'm not doing that in the winter for games that are Sunday nights at 10 o'clock. I don't blame you. Yeah, so, like, tomorrow I have a game I at 10. don't
0: advise in the winter crossing from the South Towns to the North Towns at 10 o'clock at night. Right. And then coming back, because you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. There's
1: going to gonna be a snow that band somewhere. Band. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you might be driving into a blizzard, or you might leave. It's fine here. You get there. It's fine. You come back, and then, you know, there's four feet of snow.
0: Yeah. No, I was working Rochester just prior to the pandemic. So, like, the pandemic kicked off, and, like, my sight was ending. And that winter was pretty mild, but still, that entire fucking winter, living in Fredonia, I would drive to Rochester and back every day because, fuck it, I want to sleep in my own bed. I've been in a hotel room long enough. Yeah. And I'm like, well, whatever, it's only an hour and a half. Uh, pros and cons to that. Yeah. Mainly, um, leaving my house by five to get there by seven. Not advisable. You know, getting like four hours of sleep a night. Right. Basically enough time to like get home, eat, go to sleep, if wasn't the best. No. But it was better than anything else because it was pretty cool cuz I'd wake up early, and the dogs would wake up with me and I'd walk the dogs and then they were good for the day and I just didn't worry about anything. But yeah, uh there was a few uh the asshole puckering days of driving through from Rochester to the south towns of Buffalo cuz as soon as you get past the south Towns, shit's pretty easy.
1: That's what you'd think, but lately, the like, this past winter, North Towns got hit way harder than we did here in the South Towns. Like I said, as soon as you get past the South Towns. Well, no, that's what I mean. Like, past, yeah. past here, usually this is where, like, all the shit is. Mm-hmm. And then, are you saying North Towns were worse? I'm saying
0: through Buffalo proper, it's pretty fucking bad, and then it starts tapering off, and then after you pass the South Towns, it's massively clearer and a lot more manageable unless there's like the freak wind blowing it here. But even still, like I guess there was that one where fuck it must have been twenty fourteen or fifteen.
1: Oh, that's November type storm. This. No, it was
0: after that, but there was oh. the one where it was pointed at Erie. Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So like an hour past fucking Fredonia. And, like, my aunt was there, and she was supposed to come to my house for Christmas, and, like, it was hairy for her getting here or getting to there. Oh, yeah, okay. But, like, as soon as you got past Fredonia, even closer to Silver Creek, like, it was clear. Mm -hmm. But, like, Erie was pounded with, like, the five feet. Fredonia got, like, the normal, like, whatever we'd get from, like, the leftovers of whatever Buffalo would get. So we had, like, the two feet, and it was beautiful and, like, just, like, uh, and whatever. But yeah, that was uh that was the year Erie got pounded instead. It's just the way the wind's Good. blowing
1: off the lake. Yeah, it is. It's on Lake Erie just fucks this area. It's bipolar. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, yeah. But Lake
0: Erie is bipolar, just like everyone around here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not wrong, man. But you know what though? Lake Erie is weird because growing up with it right there. Yeah. And then dealing with people from around the country, I would never realized how much we took having a giant body of water for granted. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, I've never been to a beach. And I'm like, a beach? Or you mean, like, the ocean? And they're like, no, I've never seen a beach. I'm like, Do you know how many times I've told people,
0: I live by Lake Erie, one of the great lakes, and then, like, continue the conversation, something else happens, and then I bring up the lake again. And they're like, what lake? I'm like, Lake Erie. I literally just fucking said it two seconds <laughs> ago. What other lake would I care about?
1: They're like, Chautauqua? They're like,
0: Lake Erie? I'm like, do you know the Great Lakes homes here in Ontario, Michigan, Erie, and Superior? They're like, oh, yeah, I guess, I'm Like you know, like the Northeast. See, like, you know, we say the Northeast, mind. but it runs
1: from, you know, the Midwest over too. I mean, because Illinois and all that stuff.
0: Do you know... We technically live in the geographic Midwest. It's weird. Like, so... The beginning of the Midwest starts west of Buffalo, New York. And and it follows to just east of Kansas City. I'm like, holy fuck, I live in the Midwest.
1: Yeah, so it's... I oh, I can't remember who it was. It's, I think it was like the You Betcha guys or something like this. That like where they have this segment on their podcast where it's like, "Are you part of the Midwest?" And somebody brought up Buffalo, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, state your case and like explained like we got tons of woods, small cities, lots of drinking, uh, terrible weather, but and like broke down what it's like." And the guy's like, "Yeah," and then he they're talking more. And the guy's like, and I'm listening to you right now, and you sound like you're a cross between Boston and Chicago. And I'm like, God damn it, we are. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, Buffalo's part of the Midwest. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Also, geographically, like along Lake Erie, like that coast, um, so then that dips and that turns into the Ohio um, Farm Valley.
1: So like, like all the shit past Cleveland.
0: Yeah, well, even along Cleveland and then south and down towards Columbus. Yeah. Like, we're part of, like, that valley, like my dad was telling me. I was like, yeah, like, because, you know, we're part of this. And, like, all that. I'm like, holy fuck we are. Yeah, we're like We're the Midwest.
1: Yeah, we're not New York. We're in the state of New York. But when how many times when you said you were from New York when you were in the service, they were like, oh, New York City, that must be great. And you're like, yeah, no. It takes like eight hours to get there. Yeah. I'm as almost as far away from New York City as you can possibly get in the state.
0: Yeah. No, we literally are. Yeah. Ripley is the farthest point from New York City, still in New York State.
1: Yeah. And that was, what, 30 minutes south of Fredonia, if that? Not even. Not even.
0: State line's 20 miles.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah. So, yeah. I forget Ripley's like that close. It just always seemed farther as a kid, but I guess it's because I never drove or went over that way. There's yeah, my there's... parents
0: were from Erie, so I went to Erie Fair. constantly. Yeah. I know Erie way better than I know Buffalo still to this day. It's scary. I'm just like, oh yeah, it's just right over here. We do this.
1: Yeah, I know Peach Street, State Street, and somewhere in Erie is a really cool brewery. So if you're ever down there, Lavery Brewing Company. Okay. Good beer, good food and it's like a hole in the wall place. Found it on like some random No, we were on a trip down to Pittsburgh for a hockey tournament and the guy driving was just like I have three breweries I want to check out on the way. We spent 4 or 5 hours at Lavery and never made it to another one cuz it was so good.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. So, highly recommend. It has like a pizza joint right next door to it too.
0: Oh. Yeah, oh, man.
1: Yeah. But the food
0: You know my love for pizza.
1: Yeah. But the food at that place, they had a uh, seared ahi tuna taco.
0: You said all sorts of words that I love. Yeah. so tuna,
1: and tacos. Yep. So I don't know if they still have it. I haven't been there in a while. I usually try to go every March because they have the best Irish red I've ever had. Ooh. Yeah. So it's like called Patty's Irish Red, and they only make it during March. So I try to get down there and go buy a growler each year if I can. It's a little past March right now, bro. A little bit. I didn't get to go this year. I had a Uh, plan to, and then... Stuff with the Mod Dukes happened, so did not make it down there. So, maybe next year.
0: That's that's acceptable reasoning.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Life, it happens.
0: But I do want to hear, again, because I really like this story when you told it to me last time, Um, your night jump where you lost your parachute.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So, plenty of jumps. That... Was also the only. Was this schoolhouse? No, no, no. This is well after. This was one of my last jumps. Okay. Um, pre deployment. But because once I got. Yeah, no, because it was definitely pre deployment. Because as soon as I got back, I was stop lost and I got out. Okay. So it was my first jump out of a C 17. And I fucked up and forgot that there's an extra step. On a C-17. Normally on a C-130, you your leg gets out that door and the jet blasts. Just, it, you get washed right out. The C-17, I like jumped and I was like, oh, I just cleared that step. Um, so, going down, you do the 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 in your head. And I'm like, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, thump. And landed on someone's parachute. So, I don't know how I ended up over directly over top of somebody, but I did when I jumped out. My parachute never even opened at that point. So I slid down their chute, got my feet caught up in their suspension lines. So I'm falling now upside down, head towards the earth, and this isn't a full kit jump. So I have a full ruck and a saw attached to me, and that's like pretty much from your gut to your knees. Now I have to do a full setup while falling, and this was a low jump. I mean, it's not a 500-foot combat jump, but it's sub 1,000 feet. I think we were, like, floating around the 800, 900-foot mark for where we jumped from. So you don't have a ton of time. So finally I do get my feet free, and I'm falling back to the earth. I see the guy falling. He had opened up his reserve as well, so he's got two functional shoots. I don't have a single one. Um, I reach for my reserve and my chute opens, like my, my primary. So okay. I'm like, all right, I'm good. So I grab my suspension lines and I start bicycling and trying to get the twist out. Twist is out. I'm like, okay, I'm coming in hot, but I'll be okay. I'm still like 200 feet off the ground. We're good. We're good. And rule of thumb is when you get about 100 feet off the ground or treetop height, you drop your equipment. When you do that, you usually feel like a tug and that's it. You kind of bounce. Well, I dropped my equipment and I just heard, and I lost all air underneath my chute. And at that point, I was way too low for my reserve to even deploy. Uh So out loud, I yelled, feet and knees together, asshole. And I blacked the fuck out. And apparently burned in from right around 100 feet, hit like a rocking chair like you're supposed to, apparently did like the perfect PLF, flipped up, like bounced up like four to five feet in the air. And then landed on my side, and I woke up to. I told you about him earlier, Sergeant yep. Walsh, running up like, "Hey, hey, you okay?" And yeah, no, I walked away. I was good. Uh, I literally I went to sit up. He slammed me down. Probably not the smartest for either of us. Uh, did the Ooh, whole I like understand where he's coming? from. Oh yeah, from. yeah. So I did the whole like, all right, left hand fingers are wiggling, right hand fingers are wiggling. Neck moved enough, I could see my toes, wiggled my toes, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, do you know what happened? And he then told me like about the bouncing and everything, and then we heard screaming. Ran over. The guy who had had both of his parachutes open, Lieutenant Brooks, was freaking out and was running when he hit the ground, and he hit with his legs separated and one straight down.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Tib, fib, femur fractured pelvis and a couple of like compound fractures, something that his back was all jacked. So he got medically discharged after this jump. He could not serve anymore. Um, thing about Lieutenant Brooks is the dude would always come into the barracks and be like, Hey, who's got a new port for me? So I bought this dude a pack of new ports. He was in the hospital for so long. I finally opened the pack. The day he showed up, I had just lit the first cigarette out of that pack. And I was like, "Motherfucker!" I was like, Hey, Sorry, here's the rest of this pack But yeah, Yeah. burned in and then went and did like another week-long training process or something or other I can't remember how long it was Probably had a mild concussion, but the medics cleared me in the field So they're like, yeah, no, you're good I'm like, all right, cool Fight on Holy fuck So yeah, I, I can say that I have fallen from an airplane and survived
0: yeah, that's one way of fucking doing it. Yeah,
1: it's, uh, it's my fun fact whenever i got to tell somebody a story.
0: What's a fun fact about you? I fell in front of an airplane and lived.
1: Yeah. Holy shit. And that's military-grade equipment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, back to that GT score, yep. riggers have one of the lowest GT requirements, the people who pack shoots, Their GT requirement, from what I recall, is significantly lower than infantry. Really? Yeah, and I'm like, really? These guys need to, d-? but then you think about it though, it's like folding laundry. It's really it all it is. You lay out the chute, and you just have to fold it the right way. So it should be so, easy, but they find ways to mess it up.
0: One of my buddies, who was also in the, one of the small shops at the unit, was a like his actual job was a parachute rigger. That's what it's called, but it's many other things. So he worked in the Light equipment shop But More often What they did was What's called Stitch bitch Like He would sew things So he'd like Sew The patches To the velcro For you When you needed it Um, The Seats of the aircraft I remember You probably remember Them being Insanely comfortable With their tube frame And the fabric Sewn onto it Oh yes Yes Yes. That part of the Aircraft He would take care of also And uh, seatbelts so things like that seat belts are stitched together. Like, you
1: know, who the fuck uses a seatbelt? Pilots. Oh, yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I was never in for a landing when I was in the army, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> <I> understandable. <laughs> I, I landed in like what? Germany on the way in, then Kuwait, and then Iraq. But yeah. So, he yeah.
0: He did absolute zero parachute rigging. But his job was a parachute rigger.
1: Yeah, that. That does explain a lot. That, I mean, it's a perishable skill. Anything in the service really is, if you don't well, like, do it long enough.
0: At the 82nd, you're probably going to be packing air at parachutes every Yeah, you day. you would
1: think. There's a lot of birds that go up for people to just fall out of, so... But mean, who knows? how
0: often do those things get... Do you guys do what, whatever the fuck you call it?
1: So it's required... Once we, a year, once a quarter, jumps. Yeah, no. It, once per quarter is requirement to maintain your airborne status, so that way you get your extra pay. Because so
0: you're doing it once a quarter.
1: That's in the theory. minimum. Uh, you usually do one a month. When so 80 seconds weird. They work in what are called DRFs, defense or defense readiness forces. Essentially, there's a bunch of phases. It's like one through nine. So your DRF one means you are an actual readiness phase where you're because the whole 80 second thing is you have to be 18 hours wheels up to anywhere in the world. Yep. So if you're there, you're only jumping once per quarter. So while you're on that one, you jump just to maintain your airborne status. DRF two, you are support. So you're probably jumping monthly for training and stuff. Okay. And then DRF three, you are training. So you're definitely jumping at least monthly. While you're on that. So it's like you'll go three months where you jump, you know, three times. Next quarter, you might get like two jumps. Next, you'll get one jump and then another three jumps. So I was in for four and a half years. Fifteen months of that was deployed. And I had when I cleared officially, I think I had 27 jumps on paper. But I had a handful more jumps than that because Every once in a while, you'd go to like a Saturday fun jump and you would just jump. And if you didn't bring your own jump logbook, it never got logged. Okay. So I had a few extra jumps in there, but 27, I think, recorded All in right. like three years. So what is that? 36 months, 27 jumps. Nah, that it tracks. Yeah, it's about right.
0: Yeah. No. no. Yeah, I didn't know how the hell that worked.
1: Yeah, as long as you jump once per month, you're good, because if, if you're close to that 90th day, they start throwing your name onto just any jump, and you essentially jump with any unit, Okay. and you're just, they make you just a hop and pop Hollywood jump, you're usually the last one off the bird, you don't go do their mission, you walk over to like a staging area and try to hitch a ride back to your, bay, like to your company area. Yep. Um, and that's just so you can maintain status. That's like a few of those were like the unrecorded ones for me where it's like, hey, we have like five slots for this jump. Who wants in these two have to go? And we're like, yeah, sure. What the hell? I got nothing going on that day. Nice. Or I don't want to have to go and do uh, another PowerPoint thing or clean weapons pointlessly all day. I'll yes. go jump. Yeah. I Fully support that. Yeah. So it's like, hey, it's going to be 75 degrees sunny. And this is a Hollywood day jump. Yeah, yeah, sign so me mean, so I mean the fuck up. I'm in. So, oh, yeah, I would definitely do that, too, if I was able. you tell me I don't have to, like, walk six miles to do some training where I sit and sleep in the woods for two weeks and then have to, like, walk the however many miles back to our unit because <laughs> our first sergeant's too hardcore, hoo hoo to be like, hey, yeah, let's bring in some trucks for these guys. No, you're fucking walking back. Yes. Yeah, that was that. Fucking prior Delta dude. We weren't allowed to have trucks anywhere. On range days, he would find a close range, and our PT would be the ruck march to the range. I thought you were going to say run. No. Uh, didn't really do too many ruck runs, but because it was like company level or okay. like that, so that's kind of hard to do. So you'd get like 136 people just walking down the side of the road, out through, like past all the security gates out into the range areas. All right, guys, set up your shit. Just like put it all in formation, and the ammo's being dropped off for us at some point, sometime this morning. We're like two hours of just waiting for ammo, Jesus. Because you know, six thirty start, and ammo's dropped off by like a DOD person. Yeah, he's like, yeah, no, my day started at nine. Fuck you, and they're like, yeah, must be nice, man.
0: It is. That's what he's thinking. He's going, it actually is very nice.
1: Yeah, because he didn't have to walk there. He drove his own truck or brought somebody and unloaded a bunch of shit that he didn't actually have to unload. He had us do it because, you know, that's our job. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll be back to pick up all the brass later. All right. God, it was free ammo. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't shot in so long because I'm like, now every. Fucking squeeze that trigger is just ching cha-ching. I'm like, oh, man, this is expensive.
0: But it's a perishable skill. you got to do something. I, yeah,
1: so I do enough to be like, all right, cool. I'm well, on target. I'm on target. I'm on target. I, well, I'd take my, i get an AR that i take to the range every once in a while. But I do archery way more often.
0: Archery is going to keep you way more
1: fucking probably dialed in than
0: going to the range
1: every week. Potentially. I mean, I could argue it would. It, it's very much the same thing, sight, picture, trigger, squeeze. Yeah, sight alignment,
0: sight, picture, trigger, squeeze. Yep.
1: You're actually keeping it
0: way more stable and probably focusing on your breath even better.
1: Yeah. Because if you don't breathe when you're doing that, your whole body starts shaking. And that's like 20 seconds And Actually, yep. if you're holding back for 20 seconds... You're doing great. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're definitely going to hit something. No. No, I actually have... Uh, so, this coming weekend, Thursday morning, I'm leaving for... Seven Springs, Pennsylvania. Yep. To do the Total Archery Challenge, so nice. me and my buddy Rich, uh, if you want to check it out, we have our own Insta page that we are horribly inactive on. Reality yeah, Check Outdoors, dog shit at that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so bad. Like we post a ton this time of year, and then during hunting season, and that's about it. Um, but yeah, Reality Check Outdoors, and we're going. We got uh, his buddy that he works with, Chase, is coming with us this year. So we're doing a shoot on Friday morning. And Sunday morning are the ones we paid for. But if you go after 1 p.m., sometimes I'll let you do another, like, one of the courses mm-hmm. for free. You don't have to pay for it. Nice. So, Saturday, we're going to go do, they have, like, this huge, uh, like, vendor village. And I think there's, like, 90-some vendors that are going to be there this year. Holy so, we're going to go check it all out. Yeah, because we, we went, started in, like, 21. So, it's was year post-COVID hitting, but it was still very much COVID restrictions. Yep. So slowly but surely there have been more vendors, and this year there's supposed to be a ton. Seven Springs is one of their biggest events in the country from what we were, we were told last year by some of the guys working it. Um, But it's cool. I mean, you take a ski lift up a mountain they drop you off, and you just hike. And it usually takes about three to four hours. You cover a couple of miles, and you just hike, get to your spot, Take your shot, retrieve your arrow, hike to your next spot, take a shot. And just, you do it in, like, I think it's groups of, like, eight or something like that. So, it's a fun time. You get to meet some cool people from all over the country. Nice. It kicks the shit out of me, which is also why I wanted to, like, lose a bunch of weight because last year I did it at, like, 315 and thought... Yeah, I remember you talking. I thought like, I, I, I was going to die. I fucking weight for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. This was, that was the whole, like... Reason the Instagram thing became a thing is because I was like it was two years ago, so twenty one.
0: Yeah, I remember when you first I started, first it was did basically it, basically like fat shaming into getting back in shape.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. I it, actually I came up with the idea in Wilmington.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, I had just wa- so I drove to Wilmington. Uh, I drove through the night. I was planning on sleeping in like a rest stop or something in my truck for a few hours. Yep, could not fall asleep to save my life. So I just all right, fuck it. I'm just gonna drive. So I parked, it was like 90 degrees, super humid in September, uh, right on Cape fear is where I stayed. So like where actual like okay. Wilmington and all that is, there's like yes. that long walk along the, like the river walk. Yes. So I got an Airbnb right on that. And so I parked on a city street, paid for parking for a couple hours. Cause I got there is like nine, 10 o'clock in the morning, but my Airbnb wasn't open until like three. So I'm like, what do I do for five hours? So I walked, and I walked, and I was so out of shape. I put on a ton of miles. I actually walked so much that my shoes broke that day. So I had, yes. I had to get back in my truck and drive to find, like, a shoe depot or something to get a pair of shoes for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I was just like, all right, I'm dying here. I'm like, I don't want to eat or drink anything right now because I know I'm going to have to use a bathroom, and I can't even get in. So I got a hold of like the Airbnb and got in there, but... I was sitting there in the AC, and I'm like, all I did was walk, and I'm dying. I got to get my ass in shape. And that's where I came up with, like, Rich and I had discussed something, and that's where it was like, no, this is where I'm actually going to do it. And I just created it while I was there, and I'm like, all right, we're going to get on it. And I've been absolutely dog shit on doing it. That's okay. But, I mean, maybe people will listen. Maybe people will be like, hey, dude, post some shit. So, Hey. You know, Show us the last
0: deer you shot. Show us your grouping from this week. And then you can compare them to that hot girl that we follow on Instagram, too, that does the archery. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forget her name right now. <sighs> Damn, she's good.
1: Yeah, wife goals. She does it with traditional archery, too. No sight, no I nothing. Know. It's all... It's just a recurve and feel and lots of practice. I. That's a skill I wish I could get in, like... Or had, but that's when I was like... I got so many hobbies now. If I tried to get into recurve, that it would just
0: yeah yeah, that'd I be know. rough.
1: I got. It. I'll keep. My, I'll stick with my compound, which actually is probably getting. <laughs> yeah, I have tack. Uh, we leave Thursday morning. Yep. Uh, my bow is getting adjustments made to it tomorrow. Oh. So I can reach out a little bit further because the thing with tack is. You have shots anywhere from 30 to 120 yards. Jesus. Yeah. And my bow is sighted into, I think I was good at 90 yards. I was putting about, I was putting my arrows within two, three inch group at 90. So, I mean, I was very pleased with the results. I'd be very happy if I could do that. But I got to add 30 yards. And my bow, the current setup has, like, I have the, The right arrows and the bow is strong enough to do it, but my sight sits too low, so I have to make an adjustment and give myself more clearance for my arrow to actually be able to go on that angle. So, yeah, it's... I need to learn more about how to do bow work, but I also don't want to have to spend all the money on getting my own bow press and doing all that when I can go to shops. And the guy that I normally would go to, I called him the other day. I'm like, hey, Ike, you open tomorrow? He's like, nah, man, summer hours, and I'm going on vacation, and I'm like, shit. He goes, yeah, I'm actually here till like another hour, and I'm like, I have hockey. Fuck, twenty five minutes, I'm not gonna make it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, my buddy Rich has taken my bow, and it's actually at his house. So I took it there Saturday so I could make sure that I was good at long distance. And I took like four shots at ninety, and it was like, or five shots. It was one was low trying to figure out where my actual distance one one was high one was low bracketed it in i'm like all right this should be about right one two three four all right together he's like fuck you dude and i'm like <laughs> i'm like hey man i don't know all the technical shit but i'm a trigger puller dude i can walk shit in and i'm good at pulling triggers yeah like, you can teach me and show me how to do all the other stuff and i'll learn it slowly but surely but one thing i know how to do is pull a damn trigger well squeeze technically pretty much yeah it's I'm a point and shoot guy. So you mentioned the Mark Nineteen. Yeah, I got to fuck with that during my deployment. I was like one of the nice. only people that got to actually ride in a truck with the Mark Nineteen on it. I got to fire it in quote unquote combat. We heard somebody take some pot shots. We had we were we were essentially sitting waiting for like an IED to be so dug did you up.
0: Send a burst, or did you give them hell?
1: Oh, I sent a couple bursts because I had. I was actually in the truck with my CO. Oh. And so all these Iraqi army guys are on, they're outside of us, and our trucks are in like the inside of this thing, right next to like an Iraqi police checkpoint that somehow had a huge, like 20 by like 10 yard um, spider web IED pressure plate system put in with a ton of like 155s. And we're like, oh, cool. So, you mean the thing that has where your spotlight is showing all night? Somehow, someone just magically put, put in this in. Yeah. Yeah. While you weren't looking? Yeah, right. So, obviously, somebody knew something. But, anyways, we're sitting there while EOD was trying to uncover that, and they're ooing and awing it like, oh crap, this is pretty intricate. And then all of a sudden, we just hear this, you know, and the Iraqi army guys go crazy. I saw one guy with an RP, RPK, is their machine gun? Right? Something like that. PKM? PKM, whatever it is. Like the big... PKM
0: is basically, from what I understand, it's like a 300
1: Wind Mag belt fed. Their equivalent of R240. Okay. Whatever that is. I watched a dude go straight Rambo, shoot from the hip, do a combat roll. Pop up onto a knee and shoot again into nothing. I approve, that. Yeah, it was awesome. So we're laughing. And, like, we start seeing, like, they're concentrating their fire into, like, this field area, and we had Kiowa support overhead. Okay. And they're like, okay, well, we don't see where they're shooting. Female pilot. Um, and she was very hesitant to okay. go over there and, like, just, just to put rounds into a field. Uh, she's like, well, we don't see anything. We don't know where they're shooting at. We don't know where they're shooting. So he's like, Bodie, light up the area. And I go, distance and direction, sir. I didn't know where they were shooting. I couldn't really tell. I'm like, I need a distance and direction. He goes, just shoot it over there somewhere. I'm like, okay. Some, 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 some let out four rounds that went anywhere from like 150 to 300 yards. And I know there was a village over there. So whatever happened after that was beyond me. <laughs> right. And he goes, what the hell are you doing? And I I literally, I peek my head through the hole in my turret and I go, distance and direction, sir. And he goes, 150 yards, 11 o'clock. I go, thank you. So then I just start lighting this area up. Kaiyo is literally sitting maybe 15 yards above me. I'm just in, I'm like getting washed out and everything. And they're like, do you see where the barrel of the Mark 19 is pointed? Yes. Do you see the explosions about 150 yards out? No. How? There's dust clouds and I'm lobbing three, four rounds at a time. Was
0: this at night?
1: Daytime. Middle How do of you the day. Miss them? Don't know. And finally, our CO was like, get the fuck out of my airspace and send somebody in who can see. And literally told the Kiowas to leave. Sweet. So, yeah, I, it's the only time I got to shoot it in, you know, during my deployment. But it was fun. I mean, I just lobbed him wherever the fuck I wanted for the first one. But, yeah, I mean, when I ask for distance and direction and you just say, just shoot, I'm just going to let let rounds fly and have some fun with it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So What did he expect? I don't know
0: not a mind reader. You sound like my ex-wife, sir. <laughs>
1: but yeah, that's what I was like. Dude, distance and direction, and I will gladly lay rounds wherever. But
0: I wasn't even married before. if I would have been at that time, and I still would have said, you sound like my ex-wife.
1: Yeah. He, he had some opportunities. He became a good CO by the end, but he I was kind of new at the time, and Captain King was – he ended up being pretty cool. Oh, but, yeah. Man. I mean, that was like – during our deployment, so I was in Samara, which is, it's like a midway point between to Baghdad, it's also equidistant to Fallujah, Okay, to east of Fallujah.
0: What time frame is this? Uh,
1: so I was there pre-surge, um, I went August 06 to November 07. Okay. Um, so we were there, like. Tikrit was, like, 40, 50 miles north of us, and that's where they did, like, Saddam's Hanging, and I was in country during that. Yes. Um, I was in country during, like, the surge, but Samaro was just, like, the swing point. So, you had a lot of people driving through who would just kind of, like, eh, on our way, we're going to drop, like, an IED here or there. So, we didn't really get involved in too much. We did, I was not on it, I got pulled, literally, as the birds were coming in. To go do like KP or some shit, but um, my unit did hit up uh, like a training facility that had like ten terabytes of information. The guy who Holy took my spot shit. got shot and like through the hips. Damn. Yeah. Uh, the only other time I got pulled off a mission, the guy got killed in my gu- like in my turret. They ran over double stacked anti tank mines. Holy shit! So driver and gunner were both killed. Chini and Big No, and like McClain was fine. I mean. Got shot through the hips. Yeah. Um, My buddy Scott, he took one in the shoulder at that point. Those were all from my platoon. Uh, We lost the ACO 7. So it was Cheney, Bicknell, Dunn, Harry, Millard, and Wink and Cerrone. So Lieutenant Cerrone was like our only officer. But, yeah, we lost like seven guys in our 15 months. Uh, Anti-tank mines... ID bid. Jesus. So yeah. It was uh it was all kind of quick too. It was like November 06 through May 07. I don't I think that was cuz I think yesterday within the last few days marked 15 years, so that would have been 07 2016 years since Don Harrigan Miller got Millard were killed over there yeah it was uh 15 months that part of it sucked Mm -hmm. but for the rest of it i mean it was kind of fun okay uh a lot of it was just route clearance shit it's like the best way to describe it was the way that it was put to me on my first day in country so we landed and then they're like okay hey you're going out on like a ride along okay and i'm like okay cool what are we doing he goes well one of two things are going to happen today we're going to find IEDs or they're going to find us. All right. And that was 15 months of that. We did a few fun things. We did get to do um, like a couple quick hits with some SF guys where we pulled, um, like, we would cordon off the area. So, so it was interior security. Yeah. So it was like Black Hawk in, touch and go, just hop off, pull the security. They'd hit the house, hop back on the birds with whoever they decided was coming with us and mm-hmm. go, uh, did that a few times, did find like a training facility. We took like 12 guys in technically we took 13. One happened to be a passing traveler, but I did get to do the, um, like the trial for them. Yep. So I'll always say this. My best vacation ever was Baghdad, Iraq, because I got to go to the green zone uh September of 2007. I was there for September 11th. Me and a couple buddies held the flag and led the parade through Baghdad. Nice. Oh, yeah. We made friends. So by making friends, we were there for three weeks for one day of trial because we were in such a small fob, we couldn't get flights out. This is the point where our XO flew in to come get us and had to wait a week and a half with us to get back because he shit. thought we were lying. We we're like, no, we're at the flight line every morning, 5 a.m., asking for flights either going to Brasfield Mora or Spiker which were the two like I was at Brasfield Mora and Spiker was the next biggest one a little bit north of us where we could at least hitch a ride in like a convoy down yep couldn't get flights out at all so uh we we found Ways to entertain ourselves. And Saddam hit a pool. So we swam in his pool, pissed in his bathrooms. We made good friends with the the girl who ran the MWR. Nice. Um, and then my buddy, through ping pong playing at poolside, there's a lot of plosive P's there. Yep. Um, ended up being Petraeus's, one of his advisors, because Petraeus was running the show then. Yeah. Because um, he did, he started, he developed.
0: Coin counterinsurgency.
1: I don't know what all he did. I just know he was running everything over there when I was there. The whole politics of it and all like the generals and shit, I never paid attention to that. I should have. I mean, like they are the guys who were telling me what I had to do. Level
0: one of like, if you go like level one through four, because that's how map maps are laid out. So I'll say like, oh, it's like level one at this, like level one knowledge of, like, a lot of that stuff. I might have... Mildly followed it. I know the names and just, like, important dates and events and, like, shit
1: like that. Yeah. I might have known a little bit more then, but, yeah, not not much survived those years of drinking. Yeah, Um, that's also true. So, speaking of, while there in the green zone, um, met this dude who told us one night, just, hey, find a place to hide your weapons, get civilian clothes, and meet me over here. So, we met up with him. He took us over to the British side of um, the green zone. Because the U.S. are the only people who can't drink if you're active duty service. Now, if you're part of vegetable soup over there, Mm -hmm. you can drink all you want. They had a bar. So, we did end up going to the bar. We just had to say that we were there for the marshal's birthday. Um, I did not give an actual name because I'm like, every one of you are either FBI, CIA, ATF, marshals. you're something, because we made friends with ATF guys. I don't remember how that happened, but they took us around and gave us, like, a trip. was like
0: ATF there?
1: Yeah, yeah. ATF was there, and they gave us a tour of the Green Zone, and the whole, like, Saddam's Parade Field, they showed us, they took us over there, there were pictures of us, like, holding... You know, our M4s up in the air like Saddam Uh did when he was like shooting his AKs and shit. So we went there. We went to the bar. We got hammered. And then we went and met up with, we went to the British embassy and we did like a trivia night and got hammered over there. And then at some point we came across, I think he was Lithuanian. I don't know. It's one of those like Slavic countries starts with an L and he was by himself. And then it was dark out, sitting at a picnic table, just drinking shots out of a bottle of vodka, invited us over. So kept drinking with him. Next thing I know, I'm waking up to get like pounding on a bathroom stall door where I'm sitting there sleeping, hugging a toilet. Don't have any idea how I got there. I opened the door to some like 4'11 girl throwing me back and forth into these stall doors of this bathroom. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because they were pissed because somebody reported that I was passed out in the bathroom. And they are like, oh, well, some dumb Joe got drunk when they're not supposed to. So she's like whipping me around. And they like, they sit me down outside. And they're like, we're giving you a breathalyzer. And if you're caught, you know, over the legal limit, you're fucked. And finally, like the guy that was with her was like, hey, you need to go cool off. And apparently it was like the end of their shift. And she was pissed because she knew she was going to have to do paperwork. So the guy gives me a breathalyzer and immediately erases it. And it's like, nope, he's fine. And I had said something about having food poisoning or something. Cause I ate some like funky shrimp thing at the yeah. chow hall. And he's like, yep, nope, he's fine. Must've just actually been food poisoning. And she's like, I want to see. It. And he's like, I cleared it. It, it wasn't, he was fine. Ran into him at the chow hall later. I'm like, where was I? He goes, Oh, you were fucked. Jesus. And I'm like, how bad? He's like, you're around point 0.1. I'm like, Yep. Yep. That'll do it. So I got hammered in Baghdad. That was fun. That was like the end of it. Bought a car in Baghdad. Yep. Worst car ever. Chrysler 300 ordered brand new. Did the, that was my very, that was, I
0: remember that at college. Yeah.
1: So that was my typical like army thing is I bought a car while I was deployed and I got engaged. Okay. Both were, I mean, the engagement didn't work out. We're still friends. So that's fine, but the car was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, so, Chrysler's
0: weren't the best. Well, like, Mopar, Dodge wasn't the best at that time. Yeah, either.
1: no, and I didn't know this because I was deployed, and I didn't realize that there were all these bailouts going around. So
0: yeah, yeah, they got bought by Mercedes right around that. So you think? Was it they Mercedes
1: or Fiat?
0: Mercedes first. Oh, okay. Then Mercedes just went. Jesus Christ, you guys are retarded. And then they just like released them or did something. And then Fiat picked them up, and they got a lot better, actually.
1: Yeah, now they're not half bad.
0: And now someone else, I think someone told me it's Stellantis. I don't, I have no idea. When I heard this, I'm like, what? Never even heard of that. It's like Belgium or something.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, so that was my deployment in a nutshell. And now I'm going to circle back to uh, the hand puppet comment earlier. (laughs) Yes! Not going to leave you hanging. So, no shit, there I was, fist deep in a bitch's ass. I like
0: where this starts.
1: Yeah. So, we get back from our deployment, and, you know, we're, Joe's looking to drink at this point. So, we go to, uh, I think it's called Cadillac Ranch in Fayetteville.
0: I've heard of it. Yes.
1: Yeah. Another country bar uh, where we were kicked out very early on. Because we were doing shots of tequila and straight Bud Diesels, and we went with is me, my buddy Frawa from my unit. I think it was a couple of medics that he was friends with, and then we were actually waiting to meet up with the guy that I had roomed with in Iraq, my buddy Buck, and some guys kept hitting on these girls that were with us, um, whose boyfriends weren't with us, and Frauha took offense to that as and you should yeah and they, the, they're
0: in your protection they're yeah your friend's girlfriend
1: exactly and the girls were not having any any of it anyways and so there are a couple fights that broke out and finally we were asked not so politely to get the fuck out uh as i'm like ordering more drinks and i'm like oh shit i got to down on them and i get out and i'm hammered at this point as buck shows up <laughs> and like we're literally being escorted out by the like the bouncers and whatnot and he's walking in And I'm like, Buck, nasty. What's up? He's like, What the fuck's going on? I'm like, I don't know. I think we got kicked out. What are you doing? He's like, Well, I was going to hang out with you, but I guess I'm just going to go home. And I'm like, I'm going with Buck. So he had some girl with him. And I guess it was his babysitter because he had a kid, but wasn't in a relationship. Like the relationship had failed. But so he had off post housing. Okay. And his kid, like part time. So, this girl's there, and he is trying like hell, and she's obviously not having any of it, so like he steps away, and I just like walk over and just start making out with her and This is like, I'm not gonna try, I'm just gonna be like this is how it's gonna be, and it worked, and then like we're fooling around, and she's on this couch, and I'm like like kneeling next to it, and at this point, the blackout's starting. <laughs> and i'm like i'm in and out of like consciousness kind of and i like i remember i got a hand down pants and noticed that there was something a little extra in there not that way but something with a string and i'm like well oh I'm not fucking now mind you i said i was engaged during my deployment i yes. came back single and super jaded and i was very much like fuck women, I hate all of you. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to see how this works. And I gave straight up shocker. And it surprisingly was accepted. And that's literally the last thing I remember until I woke up and I was, no joke, fist deep in a bitch's ass. (laughs) (laughs) And I come to... And I realize that I am doing this. And I look at her. I look down at my hand and my arm. It's still moving. Because it's like at this point just in fucking auto drive. And I look back at her. I go, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, it's her fault. And pull my hand out. Wipe it off on my pants. And I look at Buck and I'm like, where's my ride? And I walk outside I wake up the next morning and I do like the big yawn thing and my left hand goes in front of my face and I almost instantly vomit in my bed. I run into the bathroom and I'm scrubbing with every bit of soap that I can find and the smell's not going away. I ran down to our supply closet and grabbed bleach and I started bleaching. like I literally was in the shower, just bleach and water scrubbing. I get out, and I'm like, why do I still smell it? It won't go away. Then I get next to my bed, and I see my jeans, and they are covered in shit and blood. So I immediately ran those up to another platoon's garbage in their laundry room, threw it out there, and was like, yep, nope, I'm good. And sure as shit, the next day was Monday at formation, and Buck's like, so yeah, Bodie was fist deep in a bitch's ass. <laughs> Looks like he's our new Fister. Uh, so we've now come full circle on Fister.
0: It's been so. You're much welcome. If they made it rhyme and called you Mister Fister, maybe next time.
1: Missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. So yeah, that's uh, it's probably like my most embarrassing story. But so many people have heard it now that I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll put it out to the world. It is what it is. Uh. I that, mean,
0: don't worry. Only like twenty people listen to this, so like, eh. it's more for us.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: I mean, I we'll hope you enjoy my Z shame. Like, share it with people. Like, you want to hear? However long this ends up being, um, go to about the two-hour um, hour mark hilarious. of it. Just slide them the link. Be like, just listen to that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, put that, that on in the background when you're bored one day at work. I'm sitting here. I'm like. What were all the good stories that I was thinking of, knowing that this was coming up today? Forgot about the falling out of an airplane. So that was a good one. Yeah, drunk running was good. Twisted Fister.
0: Oh, Twisted Fister. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's uh, even better than Mr. Fister.
1: Um, Mr. Twisted Fister. Any other fucked up shit I've done in my life? Oh. I gotta go back and tell you why the fucking, the coke heads helped me out. Oh, yes. So, (laughs) I came home Easter, and this was, yeah, probably about 05. 05 was kind of a rough year, man. I was like two years, almost two years into service. I'd gotten like my E4, kind of felt invincible as part of like the E4 mafia and shit. Yep. And so, it's Easter weekend, and... Like, you had mentioned, like, oh, hey, you can only go so far off post. But, yeah, fuck you, I'm driving back. So, I did that. Done that many times. Yeah. So, I drive up. As soon as, like, formation lets out Thursday or Friday, whatever it was, I drove up. Met up with some people Saturday morning because, you know, 12-hour drive. Didn't get in until the morning. And Saturday night, hanging out. i met my buddy's, his mom's old house before she passed. And she was dating someone who was apparently dealing weed. And he showed it to me. As more of, like, he was shocked and appalled and mad about it. And I looked at it like, oh, my God. This is, like, the holy freaking grail for me, man. <laughs> it was literally, like, chest freezers full of weed. So, Nate, if you hear this, my bad. But uh, so I grabbed, like, everybody pat Like, we drank through the night. Everybody passed out. And I'm the last one up. And I'm like, well, i'm not leaving without a party favor so i grabbed like a gallon ziplock bag go down and i'm just like picking just pulling shit out of like random bags so it doesn't look super obvious of what i did yep um i gave my friend sam her birthday is right around uh this time she actually her birthday was a couple days ago um so i was like hey happy early birthday here's a bunch of weed and then we all we smoked and we got fucking baked so then it's easy, And I was like, Easter Sunday. And Monday, we head off for that day, and I drove back. Tuesday, so I smoked a ton of weed Sunday night. Tuesday, we wake up, and they're like, hey, piss test, 100%. Because 96 on a big holiday, they always fucking do it. Yep. So I'm freaking out. And I go, I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And they're like, not letting anybody like, take a piss or anything. Cause you know, you can't pee beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having, I had, I had like a Pepsi addiction back then. It was real bad. And I had like a full two liter and an empty one that I had just finished like the day before when I got back. Mm-hmm. So I fill the one with water and I dump the other one out and I'm drinking a two liter, pissing into one, like drinking one, pissing in the other and dumping it out my bedroom window. So that that way, like, hey, they can't see me, which they probably could, considering this was like the old shitty barracks, because I didn't have a toilet, like a private bathroom. Yep. So I'm like dumping this out right into like where we have formation, because that's the side of the building that my room was on. So I'm doing this and I finally like I sneak out and I go down and I ask the guy, I'm like, hey, I know what you do. Do you have any niacin? He goes, what did you do? Like all like shocked, like, oh, hey, are you one of us? And I told him, I'm like, I smoked a shit ton of weed on Sunday. He goes, dude, you're a fucking idiot. You don't smoke weed on a long weekend. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm a dumbass. So he's like, here, take this. And I can't remember how many he gave me, but it was so much niacin. My internal body temperature spiked, because yeah. that's what it does. I wear contacts. My contacts dried to my eyes and caused an infection within 20 minutes of the, taking the niacin. Holy That's
0: shit. That's how much
1: I took. I couldn't open my eyes anymore. So I'm like blind in my room, like trying to feel the bottle to piss and whatever. And finally I'm like, well, I can't avoid it forever. So I literally am holding the wall to get in line. I take my piss test. I'm then put on a three days where I'm not allowed to work because of the eye infection. So I can't leave. I have to pretty much stay in my bed, and people have to come in and put, like, freaking creams and shit in my eyes to kill, like, the antibiotics and all this shit. Um, Damn. Fast forward a couple of weeks. We've already heard one guy pissed hot. Uh Uh-huh. And he's getting the boot. Yep. I'm in my room, and I hear, Bodie! Get in here, from my first sergeant. Now, this is the former Delta one. Mm-hmm. I get in there, and I'm like, hey, first sergeant, how's it going? He's like, how oh, the fuck? And I snap to, like, parade rest, like, instantly. Like, nope, this is not a social call. Like, I'm fucked. I'm <laughs> so fucked. And he's like, what the fuck? What? And heavy heavy Puerto Rican accent, though. He's like, what the fuck? How could you do this? How? I can't fucking believe you. Get the fuck down. So I drop. I start doing push He's like, I didn't say push down holding and he's just smoking the shit out of me and it's probably like it probably it felt like 20 30 minutes it was probably like three or four yeah because i'm having a panic attack because i'm like i'm gonna get kicked out of the army i'm gonna get an other or even a dishonorable for yep. a drug fucking getting the boot and all and but at the, the whole time he has never once said anything about drugs or anything it was always just i can't fucking believe you how the fuck could you i thought you were better than this and finally he's like on your feet and i get up and he's just like so remember a couple weeks ago when the bathroom backed up and you had shit all over the floor because you know old school barracks and that actually happened yep, yep i was like yeah And he goes and you were cleaning it up right i go yeah he goes at any point, did First Sergeant Henderson, the one, they were in like a transition, he goes, did First Sergeant Henderson ever just slide in front, shake his private parts at you, and say anything to you? I looked at him and go, negative First Sergeant. He goes, that's what I thought. You willing to say that to Jag? I go, Roger First Sergeant. He goes, cool, get the fuck out of my office. And I'm like, is that it? He goes, yeah, I was just fucking with you. And I'm like, cool, I booked it. I was on every piss test after that, and I... I remember the look that Captain Harris gave me. Like, it must have been on there, but below the threshold. Yeah. And somehow, dude, I quit smoking weed until I got out of the army after that, because I was like, nope, that was way too fucking close. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 1st Sergeant Henderson definitely slid across old fucking risky business style swing, flung open his fucking towel and goes, Grandma says hi, boys. Yeah. <laughs> But the guy who was getting kicked out was also on that detail and had filed a sexual harassment complaint. Got it. Yeah. After he found out that, you know, he was getting the boot. So it was the hey, if I take care of like you, you gotta take care of me. And it was just like, Oh, I I'm I'm on board. I'll I'll play ball with this one. We're good. Yep, yep. So yeah, that's how a coke had helped me out by having Nyas nice and ready.
0: That's a good fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know that, that I could do that until after I got out because, like, I was clean the whole time I was in. Nah. I, was, I was like, nope, not touching it, not even trying because I'm like, I know I like it, and I know I won't be able to put it down.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I smoked so much in high school. Oh, with you, our buddy Tom. Like, yeah. that's that was, like, what I did. I drank a little bit, and then when I was in Silver Creek, though, there was a lot of smoking, Well, a lot of fucking brownies, too. But it was just, that's how I... I chilled. believe you're supposed to call
0: them African-Americans. <laughs> no, I know. You're saying head edibles.
1: <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was like I was a pothead in high school for a little bit, and then I was like, no, I'm joining the Army. I can't. And then I got in and it got to that, like, I'm invincible and picked it back up. And that happened. I was like, no, I really fucking can't now. Like, this is too damn yeah. close. Uh, Actually, a guy that I was kind of friends-ish with from my squad, LeFleur, he got kicked out for that piss test. He tried pulling the, uh, well, I was at a house party, and somebody must have fed me a brownie. I, you know, nope, doesn't matter.
0: Classic lines, doesn't care.
1: Yep. So, yeah, I quit smoking for a while then. Picked it back up recently. Not nearly as often and not nearly as much, because weed nowadays, man, is... Not the same Man as it's a massively sh- different animal. Yeah. It's not that same swaggy skunk shit that fucking okay, I can smoke a joint to myself and be fine. I take two hits and I'm like oh, okay, I gotta stop because otherwise I'm having a fucking bad day. Yeah, I uh
0: messed with it a little bit and I just went Okay, um Yeah, this isn't my jam.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: and I've massively cut back my drinking to where I'm like, you know what, this is manageable. I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. So my my drinking used to be so bad that like a a couple weeks ago, I went to like a family party. Mm -hmm. Now I've been working a lot lately. We're a little bit behind. It's a busy time of the year, so I've been putting in a lot of hours. And I got up stupid early that morning to go put in like a six hour day before the family party. And I get there, and I'm I'm beat. Like, physically, you can see that I'm tired. And my my whole, like, both, there's a couple of my aunts and one of my uncles was just like, oh, man, you have a rough night last night. Drink a few too many. And I'm looking at them like, I haven't had a drink. And I had to think about it. I'm like, the last drink I had was after my mom's funeral. I'm like, I haven't drank in two weeks. And I was like, Damn. I I don't
0: peel the fucking weight off you.
1: I'm like, I haven't had a drink in two weeks. And I just had to think back. And I'm like, when was the last time I drank before the funeral? And I'm realizing, like, I'm on a two-week rotation now where I'm like, I don't even, like, yeah, we had the old fashions today. But before that was like, okay, a couple times a week I might make one after work. Now I'm like, nope. Grab a glass of water, eat my dinner or whatever, Diet Coke, something like that. Good. And if I do something on the weekends, like if I golf, I might have, like, an hard Arnold Palmer light from the clubhouse or two in my 18 rounds. Yep. But I'm like, I don't do the like, Hey, I'm going to go knock out a 30 rack to the face. Like over the course of this day, I can't do that shit anymore.
0: I cannot either. I think the best I ever did was an 18 rack to the face, but I'm also smaller than most dudes.
1: Yeah. I mean, hell, I went pretty, the hardest I've gone in a long time was when Dave, like, day of the funeral when I met up with you yeah. and that wasn't even all that bad I woke up the next morning I hadn't set an alarm or anything it was like this is the first time in weeks that I actually got to sleep in Five thirty, <laughs> I was up I fought it I fought it I fought it and I was like nope it's like 6 30 I got up I took a shower got stuff ready and I was like I could drive home Nah, I sat on my ass and like watched videos and finally it was like eight o'clock. I'm like, I gotta get the hell out of here. I'm like going stir crazy, and yeah. took off. And I'm like, I shouldn't feel like this. Like I just drank a ton of stuff last night. Felt fine.
0: And you didn't pay for most of it.
1: You're right. I didn't. I gave all the cash that I had as tips though, <laughs> <laughs>
0: which is a good move. Honestly,
1: yeah. I mean, I plan on spending the money, so I might as well give it away to him. You guys aren't going to let me buy my drinks. I'm just going to tip them really well. I'm sure they loved it. Yeah. Why not? I mean, they treated me right, and I'll treat them right. Yeah, I mean,
0: I did warn them that you were coming. and was Fred Fest weekend, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, that right there also showed my age and some personal growth that it was like, what, 1030 was when we were like, yeah, we're done, done. Yeah, pretty much. Because it was like college kids are out. The shitty bars are super shitty and starting to get packed with them. Yeah, nope. I'm good. Where yeah, just ten years ago, I guess now about right. I'd been like, all right, cool. It's ten thirty. We're just getting started. I've probably drank as much as I did before then. Ten thirty
0: like, would have been about the time I start going, tear the fucking club up. Let's light this fucking joint and do it.
1: Yeah. And go to those shitty bars that we went to, Valentine's yeah. and Muldoon's and BJ's. I would have got, BJ's. yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't make a stop over to BJ's, but seeing Valentine's and Dunes the way that they were, I'm like, I don't want to be this disappointed today.
0: Yeah, I uh, see, so yeah, I ran into Janet like the day before when I messaged you, where I'm just like, it's Fred Fest, and uh, by the way, we should come here and it's going to be pretty chill. Yeah. I was fucking so glad I just randomly ran into her. I was That's just like perfect
1: hey. I, I love that place. Yeah, I wish there was great. like a place like that right here like near me so I didn't have to like Before go downtown it was that. So were you
0: around Fredonia when it was Little McGill? Yeah, she sponsored my hockey team. Okay. so like that was the barley team I played for. and like so we'd go in there and just get bombed after games.
1: So do you remember when it was Coils? Yeah, so it was that for like
0: a minute after we got out.
1: Yeah, yeah. That it was Little McGill's. Yeah, so when it was Coils, just before it switched over, there was a bartender there named Dave Foote. He ended up being my first supervisor at GEICO. Nice. And when I saw him, I was just like, I know you. Why do I know you? And he's just like, where are you from? And I'm like, Dunkirk. And he's like, well, did you ever go to this bar? And I'm like, you slung beers. <laughs> he's like, yes, yes, I did. And I'm like, all right, that's how I know you. That was vague, because I never really went in there unless I was already, like, pretty well gone. Because yeah. that was usually, like, the when friends were like, hey, let's move from this bar and go somewhere else. I'm like, but, but I got a seer. Yeah, like, <laughs> I got a spot at the bar. The bartender knows me. I really stopped and kind of focused on, like, not going to bars when it got to the point where I could walk past a bar. And before I got in, if I stopped for a cigarette before walking in... There would be a beer at a bar stool waiting for me, because they just saw that I was coming in, and I'm like, "Yep, that's a problem." Mm. And then you know, I'd forget about it because I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna drink drink it away and whatever." But I mean, when I first got out, I mean, like I said, I cleared the army right after my deployment, got out, and in the first six months of being out, I drank away like the thirty six thousand dollars that I had saved from my deployment. It was gone. and it was, Yeah, I believe that. I was working full time. And I still drank it all away. Because, of course, I left to join the Army to not work at the dog food plant and started working at the dog food plant.
0: Yeah, I didn't want to work at a factory either. And while I was in college, I was a security guard at Petrie's Cookies.
1: Yeah, you got the much better job. Than, <laughs> minus I mean- the drive to Silver Creek.
0: The only good part about it was that I would take, because, you know, they had the broken cookies that weren't good to go into packages. So I right. had them in the bag so you could, like, just take them or whatever. And I would bring them to the bars and I'd give them to the bartender at BJ's. And sometimes they'd drink, let me have a few drinks for free and sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah. And also it was like, you know, just one of the best colognes coming out of there. You just go to a bar smelling like a fucking cookie.
1: Yeah. A lot better than smelling like fucking dog food.
0: I mean, my dog would have liked that.
1: Yeah. Nobody in the bar would have. So,
0: probably, no, not even probably, definitely not.
1: No, no.
0: Excuse me, ma'am. Would you prefer a man that smells like dog food or cookies? Well, the girl that says that, you go, all right, I'm walking away from you.
1: That's kind of crazy. That I probably would be attracted to immediately, (laughs) and down the road I'd instantly regret. Be like, man, I should have instantly known this was going to be bad.
0: She's a dog person. This is going to be great. I'm almost a dog.
1: I ate stuff from cans, and oh man, my luck with women was so bad that I've literally like I stopped after like years, and I'm like, man, all the red flags were always there, and I'm just i'll be good now i'm like it'll be fine jim now i'm good i'm just gonna do this like single life thing and it's kind of nice though i can do whatever the fuck i want whenever the fuck i want to i do like that that is pretty good yeah trying to think i'm like is there any other fucking stupid shit i've done with my life Anything else you want to know? You
0: did jump out of perfectly good aircraft. I did. I mean, some people call that stupid.
1: I call that pretty fucking cool. Yeah.
0: I'm sure we'll think of more, and we can always have
1: you back. So that ski dude you're talking about, that recruiter? Sergeant Ski, yeah. Yeah, I did run into him one more time. In basic training, he went to... So he actually was getting promoted, and you have to go to the schoolhouse for it. Yep. And one of our drill sergeants, was also going to that same schoolhouse and actually left us in the middle of, like, our basic training. Mm -hmm. Well, he came back in to check on us and brought Ski with him. And he walks over to me, and he looks, he's just like, I know you, you're from Dunkirk, right? And I'm like, yeah, and I couldn't really remember him because I honestly only had, like, two face-to-faces with him. Okay. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the one who like met you over at uh, that Augie household. And uh, that was actually the last name of the girl I was dating. When, oh. Yeah, I when I got recruited. Like, wait, what? It stopped at Augie. Not a nickname. Um, but yeah, he's just like, oh yeah, yeah, you were friends with that Augie girl. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, shit. So they were talking and the other drill sergeant Z comes up and he's like, hey, Bodie, I know you weren't the one who fucked up because we were also in the middle of an ass chewing. And he goes, I know you're not in the middle of, you You weren't the one who fucked up, but uh, we can't make the social hour. You know, you guys are about to get fucked up. And I'm like, Roger.
0: Yeah. So no, Sergeant Ski recruited both of my brothers and my buddy, Bobby.
1: And now you, so that brings it to four that I know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was, was he the PsyOps guy?
0: I have no idea. I just remember okay. Sergeant Ski. Because
1: I, I don't remember what his name was. I remember he, well, he was, he was the Dunkirk recruiter. So yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, I just know that he was psyops because I thought about doing that for a while too, and I was like, nah, nah, I'll just jump out of planes and blow shit. Because I asked him like, what did you do? And he broke it down. And I'm like, that sounds like actual work. I don't want it to work. I just wanted to be mindless and fucking be able to get out. Yeah, PT is not work. Yeah, right. I just don't want to think. It is
0: just the fucking military. It is the entire point of it, and everything else behind that is just to make those guys. Blow shit
1: up and fucking shoot shit. Yeah, there was a commercial way back in the day that was like, there's 112 jobs in the U.S. Army, or 12 jobs in the U.S. Army. You know, Which one's for you? And then the joke for us was, no, there's one job in the U.S. Army, and there's 111 ways to support us. Basically, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, two and, uh, and a half hours. That actually went by quick, man. Exactly. Go by faster if we were
0: sitting at a bar just slamming those. though.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that I didn't bring the
0: shit in to just keep making more. Yeah, that's a good thing, because I'd have to turn you down a bit. I'm sorry, I have to drive.
1: Yeah, and i got to get up stupid early for work and finish some end-of-month paperwork, and call an alarm company and set off alarms on purpose to make sure they work. i got to finish building sh- stuff for my girlfriend that I told her I was going to build. It's
0: fun. Can't relate. <laughs> With the building things or the girlfriend? The
1: girlfriend. Oh, okay. No, the building shit. I'm like, we're sitting at a table. like, We built this little topper just to protect it. It's the cheapest thing ever, but it's been the best thing ever. Yeah. So you can sit here, drink, party, do whatever, and if you spill, it doesn't fuck up my table.
0: Nice. I approve. Yeah. It looks nice. It also
1: makes it way bigger, so you can have more people sitting around it. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is where I'm living. This is my life. It's pretty simple. I work, I golf, I play hockey. I got into the archery. That was, uh, honestly, though, that was kind of my, I found that as a better way to cope than drinking. Yes. So I, after a few years of, like, really being a waste case and having no goals, direction, anything like that, I needed something. And my buddy Rich was just like, hey, dude, why don't you come out to the woods with me? And we went out. It was like some December day. It was out in Forestville. Mm-hmm. Rain, slow snow, sleet mix, like shitty and windy and gross where you're just soaked to the bone. Yes. And we walked through the woods for like six hours. I was out in like jeans with like an orange cotton pants covering it, like a shitty jacket, some crappy gloves, like all of this extra stuff that like, that he had lying around that was like families or whatever, none of it good. And I was wearing like steel toe work boots. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely crappy scenario. And I'm, he's the whole time saying, like, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We get back and we're done for the day. We get in the truck to the point where our hands are like red and can't feel anything. We're waiting for the truck heat to warm up so we can feel so we can drive. Yep. And I looked at him like, when can you bring me out again? Cause it was just being out in the woods was peaceful. And it was a place where I could actually find time to come to terms with some things and let my mind think without it going to dark places. And hunting kind of like saved me a little bit. So good. finally, like I bought a bow, got my hunting permit and was like, all right, this is, this is what I'm doing. And it's like, you know, some people find God in church and whatever. And I'm, Big fan. There's a song. I think it says it's uh, something like I'm more of a tree stand something instead of a back pew pretender. And it's like I find I'm not a very religious person, more of like an altruistic. You know
0: what you're going for because the one I've always went with is an Aldous Huxley quote, which is, to my father a walk in the woods in the mountains was the equivalent of a church.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much what it is. Like I feel closer yeah. to whatever's out there. When I'm sitting in a tree stand, then I do a house of worship of any kind. So it's October through January now is, like, that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in the woods. Fuck yeah, man. Because it's, like, the for those few months, I can find, like, a little bit of peace. And then, during mean, the summer is always crazy. It is what it is. And it also kind of lets me unwind, I guess, at the end of each year before a new one starts up. So that's why I do, like, the archery shit, too.
0: Good. I'm glad you found that and I'm glad it's doing well for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There were some days where we were a little dark. I was was a little worried for a little bit. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it out of college here. But because I'm also not the like therapy guy, but I am, but not actually going to a doctor. Like I'm going to find a way to do it and deal with like friends, whatever. Yeah. So uh, still have my moments. We all do. PTSD is a real damn thing. But it comes say... in so many different variations that it's like oh, there's, yeah. no cookie cutter there's no cookie-cutter way. There's No matter how much they try to tell you, like, this is going to be the symptoms, they don't tell you that, like, hey, by the way, those things that are going to bother you could stay hidden for the next decade yeah. and then all of a sudden appear. I'm
0: like, oh, damn. I find that the best thing is just getting a hold of the old dudes that you still can get a hold of and then just trying to find the fucking rest.
1: Yeah. I still keep up with some of them though. Like real close with my buddy mud. He lives out in the Bay area of California. I okay. I can't remember if it's like San Jose or San Francisco. One of the two, pretty sure San Jose, Um, buddy Tommy's in Southern California. Uh, Scott, I mentioned earlier who got like shot in the shoulder. I met up with yep. him not long ago when he was living in Pennsylvania. He has now moved and is sharing property with Buck, who I lived with in Iraq. Nice. So they were real close and they're like he actually is like adjacent property or on his property. Something weird out in like Oklahoma. Uh I'm trying to think like who was I super close with? I think Mike is still in, Long Necker. Lost touch of some people. And the only one that really sucked was my buddy Tony in like 2015 killed himself. Cuz he had some demons too. Uh. Uh-huh. So he didn't make it away or make it, you know, through everything, but it did bring us all together and kind of like hey guys, we're here. If you're feeling some like, a certain kind of way, reach the fuck out. Actually, hell, guy that I just, I served with, I haven't heard from him in, since I cleared, but we're friends on Facebook, messaged me last weekend, just, just to catch up, hey man, how's it going, so, yeah, I still keep uh... up with everybody, the only person I've seen was uh, Derek, the one who I stole his blanket after puking all over the room, (laughs) Uh, he's the one who's like living just, I think, south of Wilmington now, Oh, nice. so I saw him, he's the most recent person I've seen, so. I do need to make an effort and go see some people. Texas is where I need to go for most of them, though, because I know like Copeland, Tim's out there, a couple other people. Yeah. Bunch you of guys that I uh,
0: Setting up, like I know before the pandemic, we almost, not really so much even me, but my best friend Ryan, the one who lives in Wilmington, he wanted to set up something for the Marine Corps birthday. So, like, you know, right around Veterans Day. Mm. We wanted to do... We almost did something in Vegas, and then the pandemic hit. And, like, everyone was, like, super fucking excited. So, like, I don't know, like, important... I've never... date or anything like that, but, like, trying to get everyone together. Like, let's all meet up in this super fun
1: place and do some shit. Like, we all go... So, I didn't go to it, but Sergeant Roberti, who was one of our Forward Observer guys, um... Ah, uh, the original Man. Fister. Yeah. So he set up a two-panther reunion, and a lot of guys went. They've done it a few times now, and they mm-hmm. do it Land of the Lakes, Tennessee, I think is what it's called. Something Land like that. Land Between the Lakes. Land Between the Lakes. It's like a state park thing, yeah, something like so that. Yeah, so that's
0: west, a little
1: bit west of Fort Campbell. Okay, yeah, so it's somewhere out there in Tennessee, and yeah, they did, like, exactly this this huge gathering, and, like, I saw pictures. A ton of guys were there, and it would have been cool, but it was at a time where I just didn't have the money or the time or anything to go, and they, it was all, like, pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And he still has, like, a, a Facebook page, and people still post, and I think there might be some plans to try to get another one soon, and I think I'll actually have to get my ass to that one, yeah. catch up with some people. Yeah,
0: no, it's pretty... Pretty fucking nice area
1: right down there. Yeah. And it's middle of the country, so it's kind of one of those, like, hey, it's as centered as we're going to get without having to go to middle of nowhere Kansas. Oh, we were going to do Vegas because yeah. it's easy for everyone to get to. There's always fucking cheap flights, and there's always rooms. Yeah. I was, Vegas is also one of those, like, Meh, I don't really have a desire to. Well, but for something like that, I guess it'd be different because it's like, all right, cool, I'm going out with some Army buddies. And, and then
0: the other thing, too, was... That's where we had desert test and evaluation for the Osprey. So like we spent two fucking months there. Fair. So
1: it's just like
0: this is where it all began—the culmination of us going downhill and getting those forty-six bastards in here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I always wanted to do like a North Carolina one. There's so many people that are there, but there's yeah. also so many West Coast guys now that it's just one of those it's like all right, so fucking move it hard too. to get to Eastern North Carolina too,
0: from an airport.
1: Yeah, Charlotte is. The closest Charlotte's one the you can best fly button, into, that's four
0: hours away. Yeah, Raleigh. You're still taking a fucking.
1: You're uh, flying into Charlotte and then taking a small plane up, or you're flying to Atlanta and then yeah. a, another plane up. Yeah, there's no Raleigh's a decent airport, but you're still taking fucking forever to forever. ninety-five to or forty to ninety-five and down for a couple hours. Yeah, forty to ninety-five to there. Yeah. God, haven't, it's been a long time since I had to drive that. I'm like, no, I still remember.
0: I mean, I just did it not that long ago. I thought I went. I I came in the backwoods way. I went down yeah two nineteen,
1: like that whole West
0: Virginia down through Winston Salem,
1: and then I took forty all the way. Oh, you did like the what is that seventy nine to seventy seven or something like that? No fucking yeah, that's how I used to do the drive whenever I'd come home on leave. Is like down through to Pittsburgh, cut over towards Ohio, catch that bottom corner of Ohio, and then down through West Virginia to Winston Salem, and then from Winston Salem, it was just hop on forty to ninety five.
0: Did 79 down through Pittsburgh, then took West Virginia all the way down and through, like crossed like a very tiny gap of Virginia, and then boom, you're North Carolina, like yeah. right there by Winston Salem. And 40 over 95 south. Yep. Yeah, but no, like that way was really fucking fun. So me and the girlfriend did it that way. And like all these beautiful state parks in West Virginia, and we're just like staring at each other, and we're just like, this place absolutely fucking amazing. And we're just like, we need to, like, come here when it's not winter and the trees are dead.
1: Yeah. You know it's not fun? That Blue Ridge Parkway through West Virginia, where yeah. you're in between all the mountains and everything, having your power steering go out in December.
0: Ooh, that is not fun, no.
1: On that brand new Chrysler 300. Within a month of Fucking owning Chryslers. it. Yep. This is why I said this is the biggest piece of shit ever. So, you know that drive. So, telling you that, and then running, telling so you would know, power steering, Kind of a nice thing to have when you're Very zigzagging nice around those freaking mountains. Oh, God, that doesn't sound fun at yeah, all. Yeah, that was, like, the worst drive of my life.
0: Other than that, it would be a beautiful drive.
1: Oh, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Just, you know, my asshole was puckered for, like, in 10 hours. Yeah, fuck that. So that was the last time about bought a Dodge? Yeah, got rid of that thing, had a Ford F-150 till I I broke that. It was a great truck, and I wish I'd had the money to fix it. But I snapped the uh, leaf spring, wherever like the, I can't think of it. The bracket, okay, snapped it right off by actually out near Panama doing some Mm -hmm. scouting and some state land for a camping trip. Hit a giant hole with the back end. Didn't even know it that I broke off the bed liner was holding it in place for about three months before two or two to three months before I got rid of the truck. Jeez. Cause it was like, I'll, I, they were like, oh, we want like $6,000 to fix it. And I'm like, you just have to weld the thing in place. What the hell you need that much money for? I didn't have that because I was working at the dog food plant for like nine bucks an hour. And I was like, Nope, I'm a poor college kid. So I'm going to roll over my Chrysler 300 payment and, into this truck payment and I'm going to roll both of those now into a really shitty I got a Chevy Malibu. (sighs) And I had that until a couple years ago when I finally got rid of that and paid everything off and now I have no debts for vehicles and back to my F-150. I love it. America. America. Even though half of it's made overseas now. Everything's made overseas. Yeah. Except Toyota's. Nissan's? Yeah, the majority of those are fucking built here. Just, the actually, money just goes overseas to the people who own the shit. Yeah, it's
0: actually the Japanese build-it model. Build-it. It the Japanese business model. Build-it where you're going to sell it. Yeah. It's like, that's fucking brilliant. They're going to make it, then they're going to buy it off you.
1: Yeah. Smart, Smart It's assembly, though. Yeah. Whenever. Yeah. Well. Did you
0: want to call it, then?
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of had a good place. I can't think of any other good fun, stupid shit that I do?
0: Well, there's always more. Yeah. Or there's always the option of next time we can do this, hit debauchery level, and then just, you know, tell dick jokes the entire time and make each other laugh.
1: Yeah, you can always do that. I mean...
0: Or we could gang up on another person.
1: Any dick joke I have is just going to be short. I think that's
0: the bedumpch. I hope it is. <laughs> I really fucking hope so too. Oh, fuck. The
1: volume's not on. All right, say it again. <laughs> it's never good the second time around. That's what she said. That's got to be it. That's got to be it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With uh, that, I guess we'll call it. Um, any words of wisdom here to leave it with? I hope so, because I don't have any. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, This is the one thing that we always finish, like, company formations with. It's not PC by any means. Perfect. Shoot straight. Don't be gay. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, later. Bye.